go? Question mark. They heard you, your voice crack there, Marco. That was the first thing you see on this <laughs> wonderful Saturday morning. Good morning. On that lovely note of, uh, of puberty, <laughs> we welcome you to the Comics Pals. Uh, thank you so much for joining. All four of us are on deck this week. Count them. No. Count them. One, Count. one, two, three. Oh. Kale misses big. Come on, Kale. Come <laughs> yeah, on. I, I was watching myself, and then I, <laughs> and then I looked at my, I looked at my apple, and I went, I gotta take a bite of that. <laughs> Missed it completely. All right, all right. Well, we'll wake up. Uh, it's and early uh, for uh, us. Well, and not also, for you. what's up, hot dogs? There you go. <laughs> there you go. What's up, Kefis? How you doing? Say hello as you join us live in the chat. Love to hear from you all. So, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, it feels like the drama never stops <laughs> with stop DC. Warner Brothers Discovery DC. Drama comics. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, it is nonstop. Um... So we've got that to talk about. We've got the secret, the secret Batgirl screening that shook what? Twitter. Yes, Batgirl go, was screened. What? You didn't go? No, I didn't make it, dude. We sent out the invites. Oh well, well pfft, didn't arrive in the mail. You fucking told me it was deleted. <laughs> yeah, they deleted it off the off the hard drive. I think they just didn't want the directors to get to it, which wild. You know, in a, in a, in a sense, I don't. I mean, it, it is wild. I agree with that. But in a sense, it's kind of smart because the directors literally went right to try to get that footage. So I guess it was the right thing to do. Uh, keep a director from their work. Yes, um, we you might know, have the right thing to do. Yeah, we might have found out who the director of Fantastic Four is. Kefis. Oh. <laughs> oh. And in our main topic, we're going to be talking about the most underutilized characters in comics. This is going to be a fun conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the this most. Is according to us, this is our opinions. That this are factual is, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And by the way, there's a difference between underutilized and underrated. Okay. So don't say, you know, when we get into it later on, don't say, oh, yeah, uh, I think Hal Jordan is underutilized or, yeah, he's underutilized. No, the fuck he's not. If, if people don't like him and you think he's underrated, that doesn't count. Hal Jordan is everywhere. You get a sweaty comics fan. Like, In my opinion, a Batman doesn't get enough titles. Hey, hey, hey! That that is a pretty decent uh, uh, impression of me. But let's, <laughs> let's keep it civilized, Marco. We don't need to be making fun of me. Come on. No need to put Tyler on Front Street like that. That was that was disrespectful. Not to his face. No. <laughs> yeah, do it behind no. my back, jeez. At the yeah, very least, on. right? I have a bang tattoo in my shoulder. A bang tattoo. A bang. I oh, don't know what is it. it says, bang it or says bong? Dong. 
dong. It's, it's, that's it says right. Ding, but 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 because I I gained weight, it looks like dong now. So I just Wait, tell people you want to see my dong tattoo, and they're like, "Excuse me." Uh, I get a slap in the face, and they walk away from the bar. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think that goes over too well at parties. <laughs> but uh, before we get into all that, I do want to let you guys know how you can support the show all over the place. Most important, number one thing, listen to us wherever you can. Support however you can, whatever's comfy for you. We appreciate you all. Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals, where for as little as $3 a month, you can support your boys. Get access to our newsletter, which uh, this week, Kale, Kale dropped his, uh, his latest uh, cup of coffee. That's right. That's right. I went home. Uh, over my break, and I got to watch two, count them, two minor league baseball games. Let's go. And I am absolutely in love with my hometown minor league baseball team, the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Oh, that's so fucking wholesome. Dude, oh, so minor good. league baseball teams are the best for, like, team names, and, like, they do, like, wacky shit at the games, too. There's, like, Savannah oh, Bananas is, like, another one. Um, they had like, um, at this like, one the big thing was they uh, they made people take their kids and roll them up like tacos. <laughs> nice, nice. I know uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones just had a Seinfeld night, um, where they did. They had people dress up like Seinfeld characters and then start dancing. And somebody I saw that on Reddit. I saw that on Reddit. It was a the uh, Elaine dance competition, right? Guys, this is the oh, most yeah, sports talk yeah, that's yeah. ever been on this podcast. So. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, but if you're if you're a Patreon listener, I uh, I highly recommend listening to the uh, the Sod Poodles uh, anthem, their team song. It's incredible. Exciting. Listening to it as uh, like after they watch your cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. Do it now. YouTube it. Amarillo Sod Poodles song. Well, you said if you're a Patreon member, so I was like, "Is that ex- is like like how to like anyone uh, could just do that?" We, we, yeah, no, y'all we can have, have that a, one for free. We have a specific <laughs> partnership with uh, the Amarillo Amarillo Sod Poodles, where they can only right. uh, listen to it if they're patrons of our show. So. <laughs> oh, all right. Also, oh, Chillmonger says uh, Sod Poodles is the third autofill suggestion after you Google Amarillo. So there you go. Wow. Okay. It's incredible. That's Put, put my town on the map where it doesn't belong. <laughs> Funny. Uh, what is up, Chillmonger, by the way? Welcome. Thank you for joining. Uh, everyone should check out Chillmonger on YouTube. Good dude. Puts out good content. 33 burning questions for the MCU. Goes live. I don't know if you go live every single Saturday, but if you do, that's uh, it's happening around 1. What do you do? 1 p.m. somewhere in there. Dude, dude I'm gonna make it one content day. Too. Like, yes, yes. Every time I open up the, the YouTube, I'm like, "Oh, new Chillmonger just dropped." So every he Saturday, said, every yeah. Saturday. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but at the ten dollar or more tier, you can get yourself on Patreon a superhero nickname, super villain nickname, and a shout out. So uh, I want to say thank you. To these fine people, uh, Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, The Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, 
Random Rocio, Kefis the Incorruptible, The Great Destroyer, Hyper Viper 89, Momentum, Mike Elliott, Starcrossed, Catherine Stars, Indestructible, Indy Aaron, and The Ultimate Fighter, Snake of Talons. Thank you all so, so much. We appreciate you. Uh, Twitch.tv slash The Comics Pals. This show live every single Saturday at 10 15 a.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls every single Thursday. YouTube.com. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. All that stuff's free to do. Helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Join us on Discord where we're always having a great time talking comics, movies, weeb stuff. You know it. Video games, all that jazz. Um, also, check us out on TikTok. Put out some new content there. Sure I did. <laughs> if, that's, if that's considered content, see, that's why I don't like the word content, all right? Because content can be Tyler posting weird shit on TikTok. Informative. All right. If you say so. It can also be 90 Day Fiance Universe. 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 Yeah, that's, that's what they call it now, yeah. Yeah. It's the universe. Yes. The the infographic that WB Discovery used to talk about the brands they have access to listed Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Hogwarts, whatever, Wizarding World and um, 90 Day Fiance Universe. So to add to that, I think recently in a, in a WB Discovery call, they equated uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines as the same popularity as DC characters. <laughs> no way. Uh, Who is that? Yep. It's all content. This is like they're like uh, home renovators that were on Discovery Channel. Oh, definitely. Definitely as big as Batman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, always fun with the DC stuff. But anyways, um, I I want to I want to get into the listener comments, and then I want to have a little fun. So Tyler, why don't you take it away with that? Yeah, sure. Let me just do a little scrolling. Bear with me here. Okay, so on the was it last week's episode three hundred five, um, Dan Trudeau had a comment uh, on three hundred four actually. Today's yeah. three hundred five. Is a Marvel and DC film possible? So he says, I want to believe the new WB will do better by DC, but talking about Todd Phillips or The Rock being guiding forces going forward makes me nervous. I had a thought while you guys uh, discussed the potential big crossover. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a Roger Rabbit-style superhero film in the future, where the crossover wasn't the main story, but happening in the background supporting it. Having grown up on classic cartoons, it was mind-blowing seeing Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny and Daffy and Donald Duck in the same scene together. But I think it, it keeping the cameos made it for a better experience. Not sure if it would be as good as comp, composite Ultron Brainiac. I kind of love that. But the idea came to mind while listening. The biggest issue with that would be keeping Easter eggs cameos from overwhelming the main story. By the way, Wonder Woman wielded Thor's hammer in DC versus Marvel Super uh, Marvel. Superman wielded it in JLA Avengers. Seeing him on the cover with Cap Shield and Thor's hammer made the ten year old inside of me very happy. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so, for context, last week on the show, we discussed what a Marvel and DC crossover would look like on the big screen. 
we pitched our idea for how that could work and that's what dan is uh is reacting to there um yeah i i agree with all that i think you know going after todd phillips and the rock for you know advisory positions is weird not that todd phillips isn't talented he certainly is but if you're basing uh his you know guide like if you're basing why he should be a guide of dc on joker i don't think that's that's not like a great reason not that the movie wasn't good i just don't think that that shows that he can handle a universe of of uh, films there's not an equivalency there of okay because he made a good movie or a few doesn't mean he can make like a cohesive story that goes through other films and has to connect and everything also uh dan coming after my heart with the roger rabbit reference um it's one of my favorite movies of all time um but that idea of that as a superhero sort of thing is interesting have a maybe smaller story to the forefront and then like all of your major heroes just run around the background i mean that's what kingdom come is just add a cartoon character and that's what that is that would be like a batmite movie oh interesting okay okay (laughs) yeah that's fucking sold that shit (laughs) what would be the marvel equivalent the bat so batmite versus deadpool oh would deadpool be the catalyst to a crossover movie jesus well that was nihilus's uh idea nihilus said nihilus said that uh his idea was way more obvious than ours which was to to do that that deadpool being the catalyst hmm. so maybe there's what? something to it thank you catherine for the sub seven month streak that's awesome nice appreciate that um yeah i didn't realize by the way that all those characters were in Roger Rabbit. I got to see that again. Ah, oh, dude, that's a great movie. the The dueling piano scene with Daffy and Donald. Classic, classic stuff. Hmm. Speaking of Chillmonger, Chillmonger left us a comment on Pals Pulls from this week. Go ahead. So Chillmonger said, uh, "AXC Judgment Day combined its version of Civil War Frontline into the main story." Yeah, Mike, um, I can see that. That's why with, it's with not those- working. need a separate uh need something to separate those out well it's really funny so again for context uh because this is this is important uh on pals pulls this week thursday we talked about axe judgment day number three and i said that i felt like the book would benefit from a frontline style uh tie-in run frontline was the civil war companion piece that showed us the ground level of that event from the perspective of people who primarily weren't in the main book and you know axc has this whole like civilian angle to it and now everybody's being judged and so that's why the civilians kind of factor in it's cool it just feels sort of i i would say it feels like kind of out of place um not even necessarily bad, but it just doesn't feel right for the main story. I think it would make a lot of sense outside of that. Well, Marvel is actually publishing exactly that book. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so um so Tom Brevoort did a vlog with Forbidden Planet, uh, where he was interviewed for an hour over there on their channel. And he, um he just not have anything better to do? No, I don't think Tom does. <laughs> the other thing about Tom Brevoort is that he doesn't sleep. And so, you know, I don't know that to be true. But when you have all that encyclopedic Marvel knowledge rattling around in your brain, how could you possibly sleep? Don't you just wake up at night thinking about Sauron's first appearance was of X-Men in 1965. Ah, back to sleep. Like, does, isn't that I what happens? I believe it's 80s, 86. Okay, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, can't expect that. me to know it. I'm not Tom Brevoort. That's right. I don't Dude, you're, never gonna be, you're never going to be with that attitude. You're right. There's too much in that head. He can't even lay down. It's just too heavy. Yeah, like the leader. I imagine <laughs> that underneath that hat that Tom Brevoort <laughs> always wears is just a massive dough. <laughs> yeah. I think the brain is just like a little squishy, like just showing through. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Always pulsating with comic book knowledge. <laughs> yes. 100%. There's some DC in there, too. Tom Brevoort knows everything. But uh, so in in this uh, interview, he spoke at length about AXE Judgment Day, and he talked about these one shots that are coming out. So it's AXE Avengers number one, AXE X-Men number one, and AXE Eternals number one. Each of them will be written by Kieran Gillen. Each of them will have art by not Valerio Schiti. So three different artists. And they'll all be colored by Nick Klein. So uh, for the Avengers one, we have Federico Vincenti doing the art. For the X-Men one, it's Francisco Francesco Mobley. And Eternals is Pasquale Ferry. A lot of European artists. Yeah. Can I read the solicit for the Avengers one real quick? Sure. Tony Stark has spent his life building suits to protect him. Now he has to enter a suit of armor that could kill us all. Can like he survive? A, like he's not a weapons manufacturer and all of his suits couldn't kill us all? I suppose. Corporation. Yeah. Does, anyway, does he have like a big-ass suit that he fought Galactus with too? Like I feel like he's got one of these already. So is the premise of this that this is this is going to be exploring those side characters? I, I haven't had the chance to say the premise. Yeah, okay. so so I want to I use Tom, Tom Brevoort's words to uh, kind of get us there. Um, so he said, the question of judgment and worthiness and adjudicating the value of a person's life, that really thematically is the meat of what Kieran brought to the table in terms of writing the story and making this story of today. Uh, it's a very divisive time, blah, 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 blah. How do you measure individual value? How do we weigh the worth of a given life across the line of various tie-in books and things? Uh, we'll see different characters facing their own judgments, not just our heroes, but our villains as well, and some supporting cast members and just ordinary people. Um, so that's that right there, right? We're going to see it from the perspective of a lot of characters, but ones that aren't the focus um, of the story yet. Uh, and so he said, as we're getting issue five, right after issue five comes the three one shots. They're one-shots, but what they really are is Judgment Day 5A, 5B, and 5C. 
There's a lot of tie-ins to an event all the time, and some of them tend to be crucial to the entire to the center, and some of them tend to be further out. These three issues are going to bridge Judgment Day five and the concluding Judgment Day number six. So he's just selling the importance of them, and to underscore that fact, the way they are solicited is. Uh, the first of three story essential judgment day one shots. So they're each they're each labeled as story essential. They really want you to buy these one shots, guys. Is it essential, do you think? I think they're critical. Are we gonna buy them though? Is the question. Mm, yeah, we'll find out on Palace Pulse. <laughs> <laughs> and we, the covers connect. That's actually pretty cool. That's always fun. Oh, shit. <laughs> now I have to get it. Yeah. I'm going to put that'll, my that'll three iPads my... next yeah, to each exactly. other. <laughs> <laughs> that's reason enough right there. How else can I do if, it? If me, you, and Kale combine our, our tablets, we can maybe connect these covers. Exactly, right there. There you go. Easy. So, yeah, if... If if it's gonna be essentially you know a series where we're seeing these side characters, sure, I'm in. It's what I wanted, and I think it can work. There are more of these than just these three. No, just these three. Yeah, and this will connect into issue six, but after five. Yeah, so five A, five B, five C. They're not labeled that way, but that's yeah, the verbiage yeah, yeah. Tom used. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think if you're going to have so I since we've been doing the show, I've been I'm more relatively new to uh, events and like I get the value for some tie ins and how they can add to or take away from. But I think you should be able to at least follow through to six, right? Like they're not going to be so important that they're going to be a detriment to your reading between five issue five and issue six of AXE. Tom said that you can you cannot read them, but that it'll enhance the story if you do. And I think he's kind of working like he's really trying to sell these as essential. Yeah. I don't know if can you guys think of a of a of a comic book event where you literally could not have read it without tie-ins. I don't. I can't think. I, th one. I think Secret Invasion relies heavily on tie-ins filling in some crucial mm. blanks. I think it's still readable as a main series, but like, I think the dis the the discovery of Hank Pym as a scroll, I think, is in one of the tie-ins first. Um, yeah, but you don't Norman need you don't need that. that. Yeah, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you, they're skippable. All tie-ins are ultimately skippable, but I think. If Tom is saying that these need to be read, then I'll read them. Well, sure. Tom says it. Yeah. Sold. Yeah, Kefa says Civil War does too. The tie-ins are super influential, but you can read the main book without. Exactly. Like, it functions without them, but some of them are very important. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Um, but we will be reading these on the show Sean, for sure. Are you, yeah. are you just saying this because the X-Men one has Jean Grey in a starring role? Like, I think you might be a little biased here. Dude, there is no way on earth we're not going to read a comic book that has Jean Grey on the cover. It's fair. It's fair. Remember her solo series a couple years back with the young X-Men? It was a good book. 
Um, so the Bendis. Yes, era. yes, yes, yes. Who was the writer on that? Boy, I don't know. That was a very fun series, from what I remember. I had problems with it, but it was it was cool. I didn't like her hair in that one. It was so so picky. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. the uh, those that that era that particular era of X Men costumes, the McKelvey designed ones. Oh, I thought they were great. Hopeless, hopeless, and evenness. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, wow. It was Victory Ibanez. Yep, it's it uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's that is pretty cool. Uh, I do like that. Thank you, Chill, for that comment, spurring our opportunity to talk about those tie-ins. Now, mm-hmm. Tyler. Oh yeah, that's the thing we're doing. Yeah, just let me know when. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking oh, about okay. something else. Okay. So remember the other day how you said that you wanted to play a game or that it was cool that you'd be able to play a game? Yeah, I like playing games. Want to play a game? Uh, you got games on your phone? Yeah, I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> Snake. <laughs> I have a, a game on my phone that I need to fucking delete. Marvel Strike Force. I got to stop playing that oh, game. Oh, dude, that's a good game. It's just so... It's monetized. It's just it's just so addicting. I just kicked Shenron's in the chat. If you if you wish it on the Dragon Balls, he'll take care of it. Hey, what's up, Shenron? Listen, if I get a wish from Shenron, I'm running that wish up. Trust me. I'm <laughs> no, getting the most. One. I'm you know getting no. <laughs> I know exactly what I wish for. Go ahead. Let's revive Chaozu. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nailed like. it. Yep. <laughs> they suck so bad. Like great use. <laughs> you could wish for peace on earth, you know, like you could wish for like bring a back million the dollars. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's bring back Chaozu. My man Chaozu is perma dead in Dragon Ball <laughs> because they brought him back enough that he can't come back anymore. Let that man lie. Leave him alone. <laughs> he can't hack it in this world. <laughs> Chaozu's death in like the first arc of Dragon Ball Z is fucking hilarious. Oh my god! Who else is perma dead? I'm trying to think. Um, uh, is Tien dead? Yo, don't don't mess with my boy Tien. My man Tien, starring oh character god. in Dragon Ball, and then he's a chump in Dragon Ball Z. Yo, yeah. he's the best in Dragon Ball. He's great. Yeah, I feel like everybody thinks. Of the Ginyu Force as like the job squad of no. of of um, of Dragon Ball, and by job squad, it's a wrestling term. The people that do the job when you you know when you lose, yeah, like CM Punk, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, I think that the Z Fighters are the job squad. At least that initial crew, Tien, Yamcha, Chaozu, and I'm gonna throw Krillin in there. Oh, I He's, agree. They're yeah. jobbers. Yeah. They all suck. If those were my friends, if I was Goku and Vegeta and Nappa were coming to Earth and I'm dead and I know my friends have to hold it down until I come back, I'm not hopeful. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Sean, I'm you, should maybe throw, uh, you should maybe throw some uh, Toriyama Dragon Ball Z onto our next book club poll. That could be interesting. It's going to be good. I've never read it. I've never read it. Uh, it says... Give them more credit. They got uh Yeah, no, sorry. They got spirit. <laughs> they That's, got true. Spirit. That's true. That's <laughs> true. 
They have spirit. Actually, no, they don't have spirit. No, Goku, Goku takes <laughs> all they are phone. are spirits because <laughs> all the motherfuckers are dead. <laughs> Gone. Oh man. All right, but I wanted to play a game. Okay. Okay. So we're. I'm going to bring back the game that we played a few months ago, where. Oh shit! I guess I forgot. I have to. I had to prep you for this. I forgot. I wanted to play. If you have it on hand, we can do it. The what game where we pick two characters and you have to tell a story with them. Oh. Oh, oh the 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 wheel. Yes. Uh, no, there's there's some prep involved. Um, Son of a bitch. If you want to vamp, I might be able to do it. You know what? It's all right. We'll bring it back next week. We'll bring it back next week. I forgot that there's actual that that's not just a thing that's on hand. You <laughs> can just slap that on. Yeah, I, I don't even ready. know to my bookmarks. <laughs> I thought it would be fun, but I have something else we'll do. That's fine. So play that Green Lantern game. We're not. No, we're not going to get the green light. Uh, Tyler did not give me the green light to play that game. Um, what we're going to do instead is, in honor of Spider-Man's 60th anniversary. Can you believe that? Sixtieth. Uh, Yes. He looks he looks uh, good. Yeah, right. I didn't even realize this, but Spider Man Day is August first. Oh, he has a day now too. Yeah. August first. Uh so in honor of that, I'm going to share with you guys my top five Spider Man moments. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you my top five, and you guys tell me if it sucks. All right? Okay. Okay. Here we go. So, number five is Spider-Man versus Juggernaut. So, this is from Amazing Spider-Man number 230 from 1982. Roger Stern... Did the writing on this one, uh, Romita Jr. Art. Now, this is, I think, one of the most classic fights in all of comics history. Um, and I think it's an important moment for Spider-Man. So the basic idea, and you maybe you've seen this uh, fight play out on uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. They do a similar, they kind of replicate this fight. Uh, Spider-Man versus the Juggernaut fighting and uh, Spider-Man ends up catching Juggernaut in cement. But the the point of the fight is that Juggernaut is unstoppable. And Spider-Man can't beat Juggernaut with his fists. Um, in the comics version, he has to save Madam Web from Juggernaut. And it's this incredible fight that plays out over two issues where Spider-Man tries literally everything he can. He webs Juggernaut. He breaks out of that. He webs buildings to trap Juggernaut, and Juggernaut just walks through them. And the and this is where like some of these classic creators were just so brilliant. The idea of Juggernaut just walking, not caring that Spider-Man is doing this, just walking through it, busting out of the webs, breaking through those buildings, smashing throwing spider-man through walls it's just a crazy fight and spider-man has to use his intelligence not his fist to ultimately trap juggernaut in cement and beat him it's pretty cool 
I always thought it was funny how Juggernaut's uh, most iconic moment in comics is not an X-Men comic. Right? Yeah. Okay, so you would agree this is like, this is a, a big moment. I agree it's a big Spider-Man moment. Top five, I'll have to look at the list as a whole. All um, right. But it is right. like top Juggernaut moment. I'll give it that. I like it. I, I, I consider it a top Spider-Man moment because Spider-Man was as as unstoppable as Juggernaut because he wouldn't give up. Mm. And I, I feel like that's an iconic thing about him. And I, I just love the way they showcase that. Um, The next one is the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, that's that low? It's for me. For me. This is my list. Now You guys will tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, so this is from Amazing Spider-Man 121, 1973, Jerry Conway, Gil Kane. Everybody knows the story here. I don't need to really dive into it too much. Spider-Man and Green Goblin at war with each other, and Green Goblin makes a play to attempt to kill Gwen Stacy. Spider-Man tries to save her. We all know the web misses. And uh, he loses his first great love. Um, it's an iconic moment. You know, this is Spider-Man's big pain. You know, um, what motivates him to be Spider-Man is the death of Uncle Ben. But the tragedy that kind of looms over him is his inability to save Gwen. Um, and and in so, to some degree, that still impacts him to this day. They just... They just solicited a comic with Gwen Stacy's return, you know? Um, so that's always at play. Isn't it like a Judgment Day tie-in? It could be. I don't remember it's, if it's it was. Judging Peter Parker or something like that. Oh, that's I might have misread that. I read, it, I read it through, like, tweets, so I could be wrong. Yeah, Kefis, Kefis said uh, that the, the, the Juggernaut versus Spider-Man stuff was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That bottom panel in particular, yeah. I love it, yeah. That's so iconic. Spider-Man bouncing around like that. Love it. Uh, so number three is Spider-Man Rises from the Grave from Craven's Last Hunt. Oh. Hmm. This is, of course, uh, from uh, J.M. DeMattis and Mike Zeck, Craven's Last Hunt. Uh, this is, you know, one of the one of the, if not the greatest Spider-Man stories of all time. Um, and if I remember correctly, the the whole like book was building towards deliberately because they, had, I think they had done something similar with Batman. The Mattis had um, was to have Spider-Man rising from that grave. Um, and he's got the the black suit, I think, or maybe he he rises. Yeah, he's got the black the suit, yep. and he comes out of the grave, and it's just such an awesome moment. Um, and Spider Man was like in a dark place in his mind, so seeing him kind of come out of that was like uh, symbolism for him coming out of his pain and everything that he was going through at that time. So uh, classic stuff. I love that moment. It's a fantastic piece of you know one of the greatest comic stories ever how are we doing so far i have questions have, so far yeah all right i have i have problems okay that's all right listen we all have problems okay i have that's problems how, with this that's how we solve them that matter uh spider-man unmasking from civil war number two 
2006, Mark Millar, Steve McNeven. Now, I wholeheartedly accept the fact that it is possible that my bias for Civil War put this higher on my list than maybe it would be on yours. However, I will never forget the moment that I saw that page. It was something that was new to me. I don't know if I don't think Spider Man had ever uh, publicly unmasked. I'm pretty sure that was the first time. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. It's something that it doesn't resonate in the comics anymore. They took they took that away. Um, but it was such a a big deal to me at the time. I couldn't believe they did it. I remember it was all over the news, and it felt cool to be a comics fan up until that point. It had always felt like. That 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 thing that I was into that no one else cared about. But then when Spider-Man took his mask off and I saw it on television and in the newspapers, I was like, holy shit, people care about this. This matters. Um, and I'll never forget it. So that's why it's there for me. I got to say, I want to be on the Steve McNiven skincare line. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Peter looking good. He is. He is the man. He is the man. Smooth, buttery face. I wish they'd get him back for a uh, for another event. And then who colored him here? It was uh, Ponzer. Was it? I don't think I know remember. that. I, sh- I, I should know it. And the Dexter Vines. I think he did the inks on this. Yeah, man. So good. So good. Beautiful art. Yeah, Dexter Vines is the inker, colorist Maury Hollowell. Okay. Hmm. Great. They did a great job. All of them. They did a fantastic job. My number one moment. Can we, for can Spider-Man. we have Marco or Kale try to guess? Sure. Uh breaking out of the uh the rubble. Okay. Kale? Number one moment. Number one Spider-Man moment. Number one. <laughs> Tyler, you watch. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kill. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it's this. The other thing that makes sense to me is Uncle Ben. See, I was going to go between something where Spider-Man is like breaking out of something or uh, something related to Mary Jane. I can't think of anything big, though. Well, Marco, you were right the first time. It's when Spider-Man raised the roof, when Spider-Man pumped it up and broke out from underneath the rubble. And I mean, that's that has to be if that's not one of if that's not the most iconic Spider-Man panel, it's got to be top three uh, from Amazing Spider-Man number 33. 1990, 1966, not 96, 1966, Stanley, Steve Ditko. Uh, just unbelievable work on Steve Ditko's part. When you talk this. about an artist just putting their stamp on, on, a, on a character and on a moment, you know, Spider-Man's defeated by Doc Ock. We've never seen Spider-Man take an L this big. And it wasn't just in this comic book. It was the master planner. It was all this big buildup to this fight. And Spider-Man just straight up loses and has to will himself out from underneath this building that's falling apart or he'll just die. And he sees his aunt and uncle and they 
the you know he sees them and he's thinking about how he needs to get out of this and the, that panel work man when it's just you can see spider-man slowly but surely pulling himself out of it breaking out some of the greatest work ever in comics i agree with this top this is good he really put his dick cussy into this one <laughs> tyler i think it's how he would describe it too okay yeah, not absolutely. that yeah. uh, there are three hmm, i would say the ones i would replace or you're probably your bottom bottom two the juggernaut you would not have them i would not have them in a the top five you would not have the gwen stacy no death. your bottom two were um oh sorry no i meant uh I would put Gwen Stacy probably three. Okay. I would remove uh, the last hunt and uh, Juggernaut. Okay. What would you maybe replace top them ten? With? Uh, iconically for me, Secret Wars when he gets the black suit is a big deal. Mm. Um, it's like an iconic image to me. Um, he had never gotten like a suit like that before. It was like a fan made suit too, and they fucking jipped the guy on his pay. Um. That another one that jumps out to me, honestly. Okay, no one cares. This is my list, Tyler. No, I'm just kidding. The other way, it's like Superior, (laughs) Superior Spider-Man. It's it's gotten up there for me. Yeah, Superior. Are you nuts? He dies. Monumental. Yeah. Now, and it's not only that he dies, like he's defeated. Yeah. And then this this might piss you guys off. But one more day, I think. See, it's top five for me. Top five Spider-Man moment. You're gonna say one more day, not Spider-Man rising out of the grave. You lost all credibility. I think it's a very iconic moment. For better to or worse, just the public consciousness. Like when he's kicking the, kicking Kingpin's ass, you know, like he he breaks he breaks his uh his rules there. But that's not a moment. What's the moment? Or that, rather, that is a moment, but what moment are you talking about? Is that the moment you're saying is top five? That moment? I guess it, was the, it would be the Mephisto meeting for me. Wow. A talk with Mephisto. <laughs> a, ta- a talk with Mephisto. Look at, look at, the, look at the, uh, the emotions <laughs> bringing out of you, Sean. I think you need I, to I be stopped. Listen, you need, you need to be stopped. I'm the, I'm the juggernaut of Spider-Man takes. I can't <laughs> be stopped. <laughs> wow Kel did you want to replace do your uh, your feedback before we move forward um, I think oh hey what's up still thanks for showing hey. up yeah. despite your family uh, I think um, Aunt May dying after Civil War oh. I think that would be a huge one they, they undid it, man, so fast. I mean, listen, this comics, baby. They undid his identity, too, but the you know? But the death of Aunt May lasted, like, a cup of coffee. My man put a black suit on, listen, and then all was well. You can't help that. Peter, Peter put on the black Air Forces of superhero costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Just became a menace to the streets of New York. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, I think like another one is like the the suit in the trash can, probably a big one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was also thinking uh, of uh, 
he tries to join the Fantastic Four. Yes. Decent. Or uh, yeah, the Mary Jane, uh, you just hit the jackpot tiger sort of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay, maybe a Mary okay, Jane moment. yes. yes. Uh, Morland, the Morland, first Morland fight. Right. Yep. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to agree with Morland. Um, the first Chilmonger one. Throws the first up, one. Throw, threw up the uh, Ultimate Fallout number four. I mean, I guess we're talking Spider-Man. Miles' first appearance. It's yes, specifically a Peter thing. I wanted to keep it to Peter. You really whitewashed the Spider-Man list, John. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Peter Parker's a white male. Really? Yeah. Remember the time he was in court and he yells out, I'm black? What? It's, what the hell yeah. are you saying? That's funny. There's a there's a court there's a scene where he's in a in a courtroom and they're like inter they're interrogating him, and I forget the context of it, but the question uh, he he basically replies with, "Well, you see, it's because I'm black," and the the whole courtroom like stops for a second. He's, he's against Jameson, is why oh, that's relevant. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And Jameson's like, oh, "I swear I didn't know," and he and, and the the courtroom. You know, is a ghast, but Peter's a oh, Peter's this, is, this is from She-Hulk. <laughs> is it? I'm looking at the panel right now. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've never seen that. That's it's wow. true though. They they have no idea. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Never, but I he, never knew Peter Parker played the black card. That's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> that's 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 insane. I I can't even believe what I just heard. That's a real Marvel pop Marvel Comics published comic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where Spider-Man says I'm black she, yep. to, get out of, to get out of court. Well, then he says, no, I'm no, kidding, no, no, I'm no. kidding. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that. It, he was in court, uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what the context is, but he's sort of testifying against J. Jonah Jameson. Like, the question is, why do you think Jameson has it, has it out for you? Why does he hate you? I yeah. just... Uh, pasted the panel in the chat there oh my god <laughs> pretty good is this dan slot doing that i guess that was uh, dan sure, slot. surely charles sewell wouldn't do something like that no no, no this isn't a charles sewell thing maybe john it might, it might be a john bernard sort of thing <laughs> that's comics too new, too new it's, she, it's she hulk number four i don't know who's on it it's just the first time dan slot wrote spider-man <laughs> just a no. little hint at what we dan slot just can't stop fucking retconning spider-man he made him black he killed him and made <laughs> doc ock take over jesus come on now uh chill says peter dated carol danvers gwen who yeah baby i don't know man carol danvers yeah, P- P- peter's got a body count he's dating uh, mm-hmm. uh black cat there was mockingbird for a bit too you think him and hawkeye ever talk that about weird. that no no I, why? I, why would would they? Or like they have like, <laughs> I, like Hawkeye maybe has a wanna, grudge against them. Yeah, I would not want to talk to the person who dated my wife. Yeah, uncomfortable. Like, no, thank you. Spider Man's got much more power than, than Clint. No, Tyler. I, from uh, from experience, <laughs> yeah, it's not a good conversation. Okay. Yeah. True. All right. Got it. <laughs> Look, I'm all. I'm here for Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers is awesome, but Gwen Stacy, she's dead. She's dead, Jim. <laughs> All right. Yeah, now. But and hey. also Carol Carol Danvers belongs to Spider Woman. Like he can. That's what true. Do do? Yeah. Is that a thing? The canon? It should be. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Right. When when we Is get that, into headcanon uh space, that's when I have to move on. So let's jump into the news. 
this was a huge week another huge week for warner brothers discovery the hits just keep coming uh the hollywood reporter is eating they are eating off of dceu news Mm. like warner brothers discovery is keeping the lights on for the hollywood reporter because every week there's a new major expose that drops on friday that just is a tornado that shakes up everything so what did we learn this week from boris kitt and aaron couch over at hollywood reporter well we learned several things uh one of them is that and this this had me dying (laughs) if you can believe this aquaman and shazam have been delayed again womp womp i believe that but when you get it go ahead so wait for reshoots then probably right no no for money right it's for money sean so (laughs) okay so this is what's in the article i'll say what's in the article first Mm -hmm. so in the article uh it's they say that uh they, they're talking about the flash and they say that david zaslav is not wavering on the release date even as warners this week pushed shazam fury of the gods out of 2022 and aquaman 2 back from march 2023 to christmas of that year damn in parentheses they say aquaman's push was due to the long runaway need runway need to complete the intensive and complex visual effects while Shazam departed a date that was a week away from Juggernaut Avatar The Way of Water. That's oh, what it says. That's what it says. Dazzle, have you coward. However, it's been floating around since the Shazam uh, uh, delay, since the Aquaman 2 delay, that Warner couldn't afford to put out more movies than Black Adam and another movie that uh, I can't it was recall. a don't worry darling the new Thank olivia you. olivia wilde movie with the, i knew uh, you Styles. would know yeah oh there's drama around that movie i love that drama oof uh, i wish that was for this podcast it's, i love oh. i love movie drama it's but a, um it's a, a menage a trois there's a there's a love triangle going on yeah. whoa, whoa behind the scenes behind the scenes yep yep maybe that should with, be uh, for with with your podcast. director and your two main stars <laughs> Whoa! Florence Pugh was refusing to do press for this movie because of uh, possibly uh, somebody uh, having some fun with Harry Styles behind the scenes. Let me wild. Is she with uh, Harry Styles? Is that she was? (laughs) Oh, she was with Zach Braff originally, which was like Florence Pugh and Zach Braff being a couple was like average dudes loved that shit. They're like, all right, there's there's hope for me out there. Yeah, exactly. Winning, but Harry Styles was with. Olivia Wilde. Uh, yeah, so there, there. I forget the the exact who was with who, but yeah, there was a. Uh, apparently, Harry Styles might have been with more than one person. But. Oh, well, that's uh, that's juicy. Fl- Florence Pugh is only promoting Oppenheimer, which comes out in a year. So, <laughs> huh? So yeah, so believe what you want. That's the rumor that these movies were delayed due to funds, which makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, Warner reported a loss of uh, what was it, twenty billion, some something like that. Can't imagine why. Yeah. But what? What do you, what do you mean? They can't afford to put out a movie. They like couldn't and all that f- f- afford financially what it would cost to do the promotion and do everything that comes with you know getting that movie out into theaters. They can't ship all those USB drives to the theaters anymore. It, it also depends on fiscal years too. Like I'm sure they could oh. afford it, but like you want to make sure your fiscal year looks good for all the reports because sure. that's all that fucking business is at this point. Okay. But the numbers are shiny. It's also not absolutely crazy to me that these movies needed to be delayed for the reasons that Hollywood Reporter says. Yeah, Avatar um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to put out a movie against Avatar? That's unwise. So, yeah. Is, is it? I think so. Nah, yeah. That's people people always shit on Avatar, but the movie is one of the biggest movies of all time by far. And I think that this next one is going to be massive. Dude, yeah. I plan on going to yeah. the uh, 4K HDR re-release. The, they actually nice. took off Disney Plus temporarily to release it in theaters. So I'm I, definitely I going to go see Visually, this. that movie is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, story-wise, it's Pocahontas, but, you know. It's the only movie I've ever seen in 3D that I thought looked like the 3D was, like, awesome. I've seen it in, like, at-home 3D, too. With like, Remember when that was a thing? Um, still good. They tried that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, so we got those delays, but it gets worse because <laughs> WB. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also learned this week that Ezra Miller is trying to push forward with their face turn. So last week we discussed that Ezra had put out a statement in which they talked about how they were, you know, sorry for, you know, the upset that they caused um, and the, the, the worry that they caused. Didn't, didn't reference any of the crimes committed, but, you know, be that as it may. We also learned that Ezra had taken part in several reshoots. Uh, well, we learn now from Hollywood Reporter that there was a meeting this past Wednesday between Ezra Miller, their representation, Scott uh, Metzger from CAA, and executives from Warner. Because Ezra learned through their representation that Warner had on the table scrapping the flash that it was being seriously considered 200 billion dollar or 200 200 million dollar movie i don't think I, that that was ever really truly considered that's well, like well, i didn't know i was doing crimes <laughs> that, that 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 last one felt like if that's the reason that Ezra's having this trying to have his face turn i think that that's like some kind of misinformation there cuz like there's no way that they were going to be scrapping this movie at, at uh, this point i i think it's it's been very close a couple times what it's only escalated it's only escalated but uh do you think to the extent that they would not put this movie out considering how connected it is to everything else like how pivotal this movie is it would be more of a detriment to not put it out than it would be to 
uh, to just keep it and take the take the hits in terms of backlash. I think with something this nuclear, it has to be on the table, whether or not it actually happens. Mm. Um, you got to talk about it, right? And you got to threaten it too a bit. You know what I mean? And I think that yeah. it's possible that this was a lure. You know, maybe that leaking last week was intentional to see if that would draw Ezra out. And it, it worked because this meeting took place. And apparently Ezra was freaked out because Ezra wants to be Flash and wants this movie to come out. Can't be, it can't be a hero and a villain at the same time. You, you can't, exactly. And so, you know, David Zaslav keeps doubling down. Ezra better tidy up. But 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 what if Ezra's in prison when this movie comes out? Like that's a possibility. Well, then the yeah. Flash will have to find out who framed them and get them out. <laughs> what if what if all this is to find Ezra? The, the cops have been chasing them for months. No. What if what if Zaslav is... is like? No, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just come what? yeah, come into the office. I'll call it. Don't worry. What if this was all weird guerrilla marketing? I could see it. Tyler, that is probably the wildest theory I've ever heard, at least this year. And I really like it. It's not crazier than the frogs gay thing, but this is up there and I put love it. Put a lot of fluoride in the water, turn the frogs gay. I think that's a pretty good Alex Jones. I've I've worked on it. I think this is a conspiracy on part of Reverse Flash, who's been trying to ruin Ezra's life for being the Flash. Listen, we've done all this. Fair enough. Let's get into. I mean, let's get into the real world conspiracy. We've done the Flash parts. That parts we've done that. Let's keep I going think, with what Tyler's saying. I think. <laughs> I think Ezra is actually a suit worn by three little smaller people. Okay insectoid people insectoid masquerading people. as what they think a person may be now i mm -hmm. don't want to be this person i think that means we have to be careful with the pronoun situation well it works in either way now people well, always complaining about I think oh, that might only be the problem plural, only be used for plural well here's your here's your answer there you go <laughs> okay so i have to break up the fun because what i'm about to say is the coup de gras. Oh, the Finn Balor finisher. This is the thing that I did not expect to read this week. By far. It got him. <laughs> okay, you ready for this? At the end of the Hollywood Reporter article, they say the following. Quote, and this is in reference to The Flash. Still, it has been receiving some of the highest scores at test screenings since Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight movies. And execs and creatives believe they have a critical and box office hit on their hands that lives up to those scores. I can see it. I, so I thought what you were going to say is DC is fucked. I mean, they kind of are. If the movie's that damn good, but the, but the, the lead actor is a terrorist... There is an issue that arises 
that you have to resolve. It's like, and it might be in the hands of the authorities and not WB Discovery shortly. WB has the their cure for cancer in the hands of a madman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Kefis says lies from marketing. Don't believe anything from WB on this. Kefis, I'm not sure I believe the Hollywood Kef- Reporter. I think I think you're right, Sean. I think they leaked this on purpose. Kefis's nose is on point. Remember what I have said in the past about articles that are written mm. with influence from executives. This is not abnormal. That happens. Just like it just like last week, it could have been a ploy to draw out Ezra. This could be putting it in our minds like, hey, don't you want to see this really great Flash movie? It's like the Dark Knight. People really love it. Come uh, on. That's, that Zack Snyder guy, he's kind of shitty, huh? <laughs> yeah. Frankly, frankly, this is the kind of shit that works on me. He's like, oh, it's a good movie. You got good test screenings. You know what? Maybe I, maybe I will see it. Who cares if Ezra's a piece of you shit? Like, you like seeing the numbers. You want to see some some numbers and some, some spreadsheets. Listen, yeah, exactly. forget the bullets, forget the kids. Flash. <laughs> Sean, Don't you Sean want to see the guy in the red suit? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the only 45s we're talking about is not on Rotten Tomatoes, but of bullets. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so unbelievable stuff there. Unbelievable. I, I don't think there's any reality to the fact that it's testing. Like, as well as the Nolan trilogy, which one? Because I don't know how well Rise is tested. The whole trilogy on average. That's probably extremely good. I don't know what Rise is tested like, but um, to evoke that name, that's very wild to me. And I feel like they're just they're just just fishing. Yeah, that shit was stretchier than Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Wrong universe, Marco. Sorry. Who's the plastic guy, Mr. Plastic? Yeah, Mr. Oh Plastic. my God, Mister Plastic! Yep, you <laughs> no, you got it, hundred percent. Almost wow. there. Yeah, Silv, I agree. A, a, a distraction technique to pivot the conversation. I mean, look, it's all so unbelievably tidy and orchestrated now. It's clear that everybody came together, and now this is the redemption arc, and they're gonna get Ezra back to where they need to get get them in order to make this movie happen. I think that's all we're looking at. Uh, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if people get paid off to keep quiet about further allegations. I wouldn't be surprised if Warner Brothers has a piece of their budget dedicated to this shit. Oh, guaranteed. Uh, the, the Vince McMahon uh, account. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> the McMahon gambit. Yeah. That's what I think we're seeing here. But on the other side of that, it appears that Warner Discovery may have found their Kevin Feige. Is it Kevin Feige? No. Nope. Go ahead. To me? No, sadly. Um, oh, thank God. To Tyler? No. <sighs> Fuck. No, it's it's not me either. It's probably but... the guy I've had this on the screen for the past thirty seconds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I only just saw it. Uh, it is Dan Lin. Does that name ring a bell? 
Nope. Uh, yeah. Yeah, who is he? Don't oh, read the this, article. He's this guy. Uh, hey, hold on a second. Oh, wait, easy. <laughs> how, how you gonna call me out like that? <laughs> right. So Dan Lin is. So okay, Dan Lin was is an executive producer. He did the Lego Movie, the It movies, uh, Godzilla, the 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 King of Monsters. Oh. Uh Lynn is a favorite of Alan Horn, who we recently discussed had made his return to um, to uh, 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 Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, but the reason he's got the chops in terms of executive producing, but the reason that he is in the conversation is because of this. So he worked on the correct me if I'm wrong, George Miller, uh, Justice is it Justice League Mortal? Does that sound like a yeah, thing? That's the thing that you never guys? came to fruition, right? Yes, the mo- yeah. the the movie that never ended up coming out. That sounds like a a, a movie I'd want to see too. Yeah, I thought he was on Superman. Maybe it was Superman, but I thought it was just it's it's I think it's Justice, Justice League, League yeah. Mortal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. First George that, yeah. Yeah, George Miller was attached with yep, producer Dan Lynn. So uh Justice League Mortal is a fame I've wanted to do a main topic about this for a while. Um mostly to educate myself because this is a very yeah. famous uh story about a Justice League movie that was very, very, very close to being made and then stopped nearly at the last minute. I think the, I forget what the factors were. The writer's strike. There were some there were some factors in play that prevented this from happening. We'll have to do a main topic on it one day. But for yeah. this conversation, Dan Lin was an executive producer working with George Miller on that project. He has a deep love of comics. Okay. He is essentially in-house. It looks like he's going to be the guy. I mean, you sold me on he has a deep love for comics. Like, right? Well, uh, Marco. yeah. Is that, is that all it takes? Yeah. They got what? fucking yeah. uh, David Goyer over here saying the Martian Manhunter doesn't make sense because he's the wrong shade of green or some shit. And She-Hulk should go down on her cousin or some shit. Like, that guy's that guy sucks and he's been in charge of dc for too long i like this because what is Kev- kevin feige is a is a unique individual and i i don't want to take away from the mind of kevin feige right but if you go all the way back to the origins of feige you have a comic book fan mm-hmm. who worked his way up the ranks and was a producer on comic book films that's and, that's it. That's all we're talking the, about. I'm looking at the purported uh, idea of what Justice League Mortal was going to be on, which is what Damlin worked on. Um, apparently, an adaptation of Tower of Babel, which was interesting, okay. and it had both flashes in it. Apparently, apparently there was a cast too. Did you see this, Sean? Yeah, I I don't want to get into it. I know because there's a cannibal on the cast too. It's just there's a lot there's a lot of stuff <laughs> okay. there, and it's right. a long story. <laughs> I know about that. What? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of rooting for the brilliantie 
like joining Ugh. the the charge there like no you don't think like he he has the the universe in the tv series and now it's just a matter of leveling up the budgets and leveling up the the scope there i feel like that would have worked well i would never accept it what the, the, the stink of the cw is too strong the stink have you ever gone to yankee stadium have you ever gone to a game okay all right so if you you know how you like sometimes you have to park far away that walk that you take to yankee stadium and you go through like that area of the bronx that stench that exists in the summertime heat is what i smell when i think about the CW Arrowverse. You're not in their demographic of 58 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I would, yeah, I would never be able to accept. Uh, I think Berlanti's talented, but I just can't get past that. Mm, all right, stain there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is as good a shot as they're gonna get if they're looking for an individual person who has executive producing credits on big budget films that also has a love for comics that's hard to find i don't know if greg berlanti has that type of credit on big budget films shows yes but you have to know film yeah that's fair i all right i think if it is i I'm looking for a cohesiveness, right? So regardless of who it is, let's say they're calling Dan Lin and they're saying we're, we're going to bank on this guy. What I need to hear now from him is this is my plan for the future. These are my phases, for lack of a better for a better term, right? Like I need to understand what you're going to promise, what you're going to stick to. And then, unfortunately, how are you going to push back against wb because that's going to be the big thing is is how do you push back against leadership that's probably going to mandate something from you i see i think that's what they've been doing i think that's what's got them here in the first place they need to make uh a film in the spirit of the character they're doing iron man for example and build up you know they're gonna have to accept that there's a potential for them to not make as much so that they can build up to you know the billion dollar justice league movie sure and i think the problem is that they are in a position where they need money now mm-hmm. and i'm worried that 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 motivation will lead to decisions that aren't you know that aren't good, quite frankly. And and that's why I want to see pushback on Lin's part. If he is the person who's chosen, I, I want to see come on. Well, but but I mean like to, to the extent that like a Feige would, would try to or, or to the extent that there would be other creators there that'd be like, hey, actually no, I I need to draw a line somewhere for the sake of that creative output. So okay. To your earlier point about needing to see a plan. I I want to just hit that real fast. Yeah. I don't want to see any kind of plan at least a year before they talk about they should not talk about these films anymore. Yep. At least a year from now, get all the movies you have done, get them out. Whatever it is, I don't care, Blue Beetle, get all that done and then we can talk about a plan. But if 6 months from now, let's say this is officially announced 
next week. Yeah. And then six months from now, we hear that there's this grand plan. That shit's going to suck. You know why? Because there was no grand plan announcement for the MCU. Not up front. It wasn't even an MCU. It was a movie. Yep. And I think Kale's right. You're going to do something. Build it delicately. Build it deliberately. Build it to last. I'm fine with Zaslav saying 10-year plan because that's ambiguous. Whatever. Work on that now, and then in a year or a year and a half, we've got a plan. The first movie is this. Stay tuned. Okay. Or you have to swing big and make sure it's got the legs it needs. I have always said they should have started with Justice League to counter what Marvel did in building the Avengers because everybody knows the Justice League and they should spread out from there. I I I have yeah, I share the exact same sentiment. It makes no sense why you would need to even do the origins of these characters. Like the only reason they had to make Man of Steel is because it was a different Superman. In the mm-hmm. sense that it wasn't like a one-to-one representation of what everyone already knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Superman that kills. Whatever. Right. <laughs> if 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 it was just like the traditional Superman that we all understand, who cares what his like we know his origin. Ma yep. Pa Kent spaceship, that's we get it. So yeah, I'm with that. Make a Justice League movie. I don't care. But make it, it's gotta have legs. It's gotta have the foundation it needs to build off of. Agreed. Whenever they make the announcement, if if Dan Lin is going to be the guy, we'll talk about it again. Um, I'm excited at the prospect. This is the best pros- prospect I've ever heard for this particular position. So we'll see. Also, it- the, the dude's fit, fantastic. So that's why I'm down with it. <laughs> Very casual. Dude, yep. dude dressed yep. like he's in a Miami Vice uh, fan club or something. It's great. Wow. Next up, we're still in Warner territory somehow. Batgirl, the canceled film that we can't seem to stop talking about, got a secret screening. Screenings. On the Warner Brothers lot, I believe. Um, They're letting cast and crew watch it before they lock it up in the vault. (laughs) Before they toss it into a fire. That same vault where they keep, you know how Disney would always say like, oh, you better watch, you better go buy the Aladdin uh, DVD before we lock it in the vault forever. That's right. Fantasia's back there. Yeah. No, it's on Disney Plus now. The vault doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) But it's like, it's the the 11th anniversary of Lady and the Tramp, you know? Right. Um, This movie will leak. Not, I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. I mean, the, didn't the directors just come out and say like the, the the CG was not nearly finished? Yeah, they're screening. I'm not saying a, a, a completed version will leak. Oh, okay. I'm saying whatever it is that some these people are watching, footage. that's gonna leak. Somehow, some someone's gonna be a champion. Someone's gonna record it. I don't care if it's handy cam. I don't care if it's a drone. Somebody's gonna get footage, and we're gonna see it. Can I, maybe it's hot take. I don't care. 
I don't care either. <laughs> I do not care. I just think it's weird. It's like, like post-mortem screen. It's like a memo- like a funeral, really. Why would you want to see that? It's like the whole cast and crew just crying while it plays. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. It seems like I don't mean this in a bad way. It just seems a little overly dramatic. Look, that's that's the story that's at play. That you know, I mean, everybody's kind of making this a thing. I I I feel like it's business, you know, to be honest. And and that's why we talked about when the creative intersects with, you know, the content. When the creative intersects with business, it sucks. You know, for the people involved, they don't feel good, I'm sure. But it's business. This is what happens. They got paid. Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, I want to know if watching this makes those individuals feel better. No judgment if it does. It's, it's you know, it's your life. You're the ones that worked hard on it. I didn't. So my opinion certainly doesn't matter. But I want to know if it feels good. I can't it, imagine how it could. It wouldn't the creative satisfaction be, be come from others viewing it like or viewing what you did of my creative uh glory i don't, I don't or, know if i want or to viewing that. what you what you what you did in a completed fashion yeah yeah i guess a, yeah. a lot of times you film scenes and you don't even know what the hell just happened yep <laughs> with all that cg you watch i watched a, I watched a a, a a a clip of something being made that shit looked insane the background was unbelievable and they were shooting it in front of a green screen and the person looked like they were doing all this stuff they were doing nothing it's unbelievable so i it's just hard for me to imagine how a movie that was so far away from being done could be something that you could get pleasure out of watching but that's just me you can it um <laughs> the uh you guys you know uh um, Lovecraft Country, yeah, Aww. HBO. Uh, so one of my previous agencies, they we were gonna run a promotion for them. They showed us the first episode before it was like had CGI. So there are moments where we were watching full film, and then the CGI came on, and it was just like uh, um, drawings. Uh, it was basically mm-hmm. storyboard storyboard moments where like, and this is where the monster comes in, and then this is where this happens, and it's just like markers and shit and then it cuts back to like live action because the cg wasn't done uh i had a laugh that was hilarious did you work on that the movie itself i I ended up working on the promotion for it but but you were not a part of the production of it is what i'm i wasn't Uh (laughs) uh-huh still fun for you i don't think leslie grace you know, needs to see uh, the the shit version of her fight with Firefly, <laughs> where it's got no camera cuts, so it's just like no fire, no fire. <laughs> <laughs> his whole his whole stick is gone. He's just like his hands just sticking yeah. out. She's like oh. dodging nothing. <laughs> where do you think the CGI was gonna come from? But but if you're saying I need to watch Brendan Fraser act like there's fire. Uh, okay all right i'm back on i can see back on all right let's get out of uh let's get out of dc land because uh it's just a mess over there instead let's talk about the reveal the sinister secret 
that was revealed this week, in fact, by Marvel. Marvel, well, I don't know if you guys remember, we got the, uh, I'm sure you guys remember, um, the listeners. I don't know if you guys remember last week, we got the teaser, the SOS teaser mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the uh, heart monitor thing, the heart rate monitor. Um, looking, It was looking bad. Thank you, yes. Um, well, we now know what that what that was for. It's for an event called Sins of Sinister from Jan. It's going to come out January twenty twenty three. Um, they didn't give us a ton of information about it. Uh, we we didn't we didn't really learn anything. Uh, what they did give us was the following: a new world, a new disaster. Mister Sinister's plans come to fruition beyond his wildest dreams and his darkest nightmares. Can the X-Men survive the experience? Can anyone discover how twisted mutant kind becomes when Mr. Sinister achieves victory in Sins of Sinister, a new crossover coming to the X-Men? Now, what do you guys think that this will be about? Moira. Okay. I think it's about Sinister's tax evasion (laughs) (laughs) and his home on Krakoa gets uh raided yep he gets audited (laughs) I I think uh at this point it has to deal with the other like the ramifications of the other clones like what because you can't you can't kill them because the moment you kill them you reset a universe or a timeline rather and it there you have to deal with that in some way like what are you going to do with all of these other just moiras i would say it it was it's going to be the only other end of the sinister spectrum where the there's a, there's two active sinisters right now in x-men comics i don't know if you're keeping up with x-men oh, proper like the square um, one and the yeah, one or whatever there's yeah. there's one who is like doc, doctor or something um who is with this new brother i guess like a new brotherhood in a weird way uh, with like I think like Trask is on there. It's it's Orcus. Um, it includes yeah. Modok, strangely, um, and Moira now. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's right. There's like that evil sinister that's doing his thing with all of our actual antagonists, and then we have our sinister who's making clones of Moira. So this dude been busy. Both 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 versions of this dude have been busy. Doctor Stasis. Yep. yep. And yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who, by the way, claims to be the OG Sinister? Yeah, there's that too. I always love that. Who was who was the original? Except when it comes to Spider Man, because they flip flop yeah. back and forth in that one. It's been annoying. So I think I know exactly what this is, and I am not going to even pretend that this was my theory, because this is way out of my uh, way out of my scope. Um, but. Bleeding cool. They came through with a theory that I think cracks the code. So. There was a list of sinister secrets in Immortal X-Men number one. That's right. There is a theory that the sinister secret, the answer is hidden or is the subject of every single issue of Immortal X. Here's an example. The first issue of Immortal X-Men 
uh, or the the first sinister secret rather is scandal. Which certain young lady is keeping private company with Mister Sinister? I'm pretty sure the answer is Destiny. That's where we first learn that Destiny and Sinister have like a side situation going on. Could could it be Moira because he's has the extra Moira clones? Didn't we learn that in that issue too? That is also yeah. That's also a very good uh, guess. It's more likely that that's correct. Number issue two, uh, the or rather this the second one was. I'm not going to read them all, but I just want to get you guys on board with this. Does the fiery newcomer think that quote mm-hmm. quiet council means quote one must use silencers on all your automatic weapons? The second issue was about hope. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So, do you need more, or are we sold? Third one was. Third one was writer's block is a terrible thing. Rejoice. The muse is going oh, to strike someone who hasn't one. written a major work in over 100 years. That's the it was a destiny. destiny. Okay. Yep. This oh, is tracking. Okay. 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 So are we talk. So is the last sinister one. What the. How many questions were there? There's 13. Oh, okay. Ooh, evil number. So. Uh, number 10. Immortal number X-Men 10. number 10. Or rather, the the tenth sinister secret is finally someone who actually deserves it gets thrown in the pit. Good riddance. Huh. There's only one person in the pit. No, there's a lot of people in the pit. Yeah, right. There's quite a few right now. Yeah. Yeah. Or or did they break out? Yeah. Uh, they're in the they're in the throes of breaking out. They'll they'll have been break broken out by that point. Right. By the time this comes out, so. The Sinister Secret for 11 is, oh, no. For 12, it's help, just help me. It stretches on, endless and cold. Infinity balloons and a scream is too big for my head. This is hell of my own making. Hell is other people. Hell is also me. 13 plus, everything is fine. And there is a cover that I don't remember for Inferno number four. That shows uh, Destiny Mystique and Professor Xavier watching Sinister be drawn into the pit by Krakoa. So, my theory is that at the end of AXC Judgment Day or in a subsequent issue of Immortal X-Men, Sinister gets thrown in the pit for what he did during Immortal X-Men. Or during uh, AXE Judgment Day. And Uh, that Sins of Sinister is what is happening to him in the pit. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's him coming accustomed to hell. That's why it goes, everything is fine, because now he is... Okay. Or Or he's out, or he figures out a way to control his experience. Right. Yeah. Like Sabretooth did. Okay, you know what? I like that. If, if if that's where we're going, I'm down. That that's cool. Sins itself implies he's going down, right? I can see it. I fuck with it. Yeah. Hmm. That's a sin. Oh well, there you go. It, uh, we don't know the creative team yet, right? We don't. Okay. We don't. I'm this... assuming Gillen to some extent. Probably. Yeah. Do you think this is instead of being an event? Do you think this will be a just an arc? Um, 
I suspect it will be a separate thing. Like a like a it's, trial of Magneto sort of thing? It's labeled as a, a crossover event, and it's got that January slot, which is where they put um, uh, the many lives and many deaths of Wolverine. Mm, okay. So I'm thinking they like that January spot for X-Men stuff. So I think this is going to be a crossover. Um, are you comp- if, if what I just laid out is what it is, is that something you're into? The Sinister stuff is something I'm into in general. Yeah. Um, I just like the character. So yes for me. I could take it a little bit. Hmm. We'll yeah. have to see. I just can't. I, since this Moira stuff, you know, I've said this a few times. I've been checked out. I barely know what's happening in the X-Men land anymore. I'm just like, I feel bad for them. The X-Men. They mm. finally have this utopia, and they just want to, like, fucking eat and drink tiki drinks. And, and like bang. And yeah, yeah, it's just event after event after event with these guys. Like, no breaks. Let them rest, man. Give me, give me a, give me a Sunstone uh, kind of uh, X Men story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mister and Mrs X Volume Two. That's what I want. It, I, we probably would have gotten something like that if Marvel wasn't owned by Disney. You think if Marvel wow. wasn't owned by Disney, X Men would be fucking on panel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, right. remember, remember, uh, Jonathan Hickman and the other writers have alluded to the fact that there were certain things they weren't allowed to do when it comes to that stuff. Um, they were told no by, you know, the powers that be. We'd at least have a swimsuit issue. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah it would. It, it'd be a oh, lot yeah. like what the way that all went down implied a lot more sexy than we've got. It's been pretty sterile. Uh, for my money, anyway. Yeah, it's only ever been Gene with Cyclops or Gene with uh, Wolverine. Never, I haven't Wolverine seen Wolverine with Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It's no. implied. And you won't. No, it's impl- It's heavily implied. I don't think it is. Oh, Get out of here, very, bro. We've dealt with this. Go they're home. very handsy together. Man, well, when? He calls him slim. He ain't talking about his height. All right. <laughs> Um, I, I'm, I think I'm with Kale on the take it or leave it for this particular idea. Really? Yes. So the reason is because while I'm intrigued by Sinister, I think that the antics have gotten so, like, it's been going on for a long time already. And it went from like, he's playing the background. He's being really smart. House of House and Powers teased major things for Sinister, but it was all mysterious. And the more we know, the less interesting it is for me with Sinister. Okay. And it could be the, who's handling Sinister. Sure. But that's where I'm at right now. Um, January. Looking we'll, forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be something. But if, ten of, if, <laughs> if, if uh, X Lives and X Deaths is anything to go by, that was pretty cool. I liked it. I would say it was more on the cool side than on the, I was a little iffy on some of the issues. But by the end of it, I was like, yeah, that was that was fun for what it was. I had fun. And it also, yeah. like, severely limited my X-Men reading because everything else put on hold. So it was like, oh, I've got to have a break. Fair. All right. 
So before we get into our main topic, we've got one last thing to discuss, which is probably something that we'll learn for sure at D23, which is beginning September 9th, I believe. Two weeks. Yeah. Um, Believe we have our Fantastic Four director. Listen up, Kefis. Yeah, Kefis. It looks like Matt... Shakeman, Shackman. I hear it as Shackman, and I hear it said in the B-52's voice. Like, Shackman, baby. Like, that's <laughs> what I hear. Matt, Matt Shackman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be Matt Shackman. So if Matt Shackman, if that name doesn't mean anything to you, um, Matt Shackman was the vision <laughs> behind WandaVision. Sorry. Kevin's is like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, Kefis, see, you're not paying enough attention. This guy looks like the husband that flirts with the babysitter. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> he might be. But I, I think everyone thought that Disney Marvel would want to go with a big name director, someone to really do something special with the Fantastic Four um, and so that Kevin Feige wouldn't have to worry about it. I'm pretty sure we talked about that. We definitely talked about that. That Feige loved the way that Multiverse of Madness went because Raimi could handle it and Kevin Feige focus on other projects. Yeah. So with this, they ended up going with Matt Shakeman. Uh, here are some other names real quick that were uh, allegedly um, being considered. Uh, Michael Matthews and Reed Carolyn. Uh, Carolyn directed Magic Mike. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, first yeah. Two... I can see, I can see the, the parallels with Fantastic Four there. Yeah, Yeah, me too. It's all over. Uh, 22 Jump Street. Not even the first one. And White House Down. I don't remember oh, that thank one. you. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's... Uh, if it is Shackman, um, I think that this makes sense because you, you want to start pulling some of those. Uh, this is something I mentioned, I think, a few weeks back where you want to start pulling people from the movie, from the TV properties. Like you have these people in-house, give them the big budget, give them the break to actually be able to put on an actual film considering you've been, you've been playing around in the universe a little bit. Like that's cool. Right now, let's let's give you the shot. I think this makes sense, and they're relatively. I mean, uh, just like going through the, the, the article, episodes on everybody hates Chris, the boys, Game of Thrones. You know what? That's pretty good. That's a good resume. I don't I don't mind that, and I don't mind that it's TV. I think that'll work for Marvel. I don't. I think this is a really weird choice. Um. I think that with the Fantastic Four, I feel like it has to be better than good. Like, it can, I don't think it can come out and be like, eh, that was all right. Because the Fantastic Four have had one atrocious movie and two movies that were, like, fun at the time. 
and that's right. it. Look, it could work. I'm not, you know, I, I, I want this to work. I, I definitely want this to work. I'm dying for a great Fantastic Four movie. And maybe it's because I ultimately ended up having a lot of problems with WandaVision, and that's clouding my feelings here. But I was really hoping for a director with a pedigree of working on films that have ensemble casts and big budgets. I really was hoping for that. I think WandaVision satisfies both of your your things there. It was it the does. first Disney Plus one, so it's it probably not even had a the film. biggest budget. The the way they make those are like films at this point. They're just like long films, and it's probably an issue with what the TV shows are. Um, mm. But I think in terms of direction, WandaVision might be one of the best directed ones. Um, the way that it plays with the different types of camera um, and like the way it plays with the history of TV and that. I've, it definitely was one of the probably the most interestingly directed uh, Disney Plus show so far. So I'm not against it. And it also feels like they kind of want to build up their own people instead of. Uh, I know Foggy wants to have, you know, like Sam Raimi, so he's a little more hands off. But I, I think Disney as a company wants a more house style. Um, and these quote-unquote no-name movie directors um, building those up as their own in-house guys. It makes sense. Um, still not what I wanted, but I, I can see the reasoning for it. He also directed a pretty good episode of Game of Thrones. I just looked it up. It was Eastwatch episode uh, in season seven before it went downhill. But... No, nah, that went downhill in season seven. Sorry. I like it. I I like this as like a strategy. You're bringing in house people, so I I want to I'd wait to see how it comes out. What we start to hear from the script, what we start to hear from like the the cast to see as it gets built out because I think that's also going to be part of it. Is yeah, you have your director, but how do you also figure out your your specific the people that are rep that you want to be representing on the actual screen. Matt Shackman directed 43 episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> if that's the dynamic that the, the Fantastic Four has, I'm in. To be fair, Joss Whedon didn't have a whole lot of film yeah. experience before Avengers. Was it just And Firefly? certainly not much. Um, Firefly and uh, uh, Buffy Firefly. the Vampire Slayer. I thought it was good shit. Oh, the, the, with Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, what? But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original Buffy movie is outside of the TV continuity. It's its own thing. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, Joss Whedon, I think, is a good example of when this can work. Um, Joss Whedon is, you know, one of one. But... um. I'm going to see it either way. So it's better for me to, to be hopeful than not. This just isn't the announcement that I was thinking would set me on fire and like set the stage for like, okay, we know the director. Who's the cast? Let's get this ball rolling. Let's get this movie out before 2025 so I can win my bet. Let's get it. You know, um, I think all that will still happen. FS. <laughs> but. You know, I'm just not as enthused on this on this particular announcement. Do you guys think 
we will get the casting announcements at D23. I think so. I think we get yeah. that, and I think we get a Hulk movie announcement. A no Hulk movie? Way. Huh. Are you watching She-Hulk, Sean? Yeah. Uh, I didn't they're, see the second episode, but I saw oh, the first. They're heavily alluding to, like, not even playing with it that he's going back to Sakaar. We're getting a World War Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For them to do it two episodes in a row, I'm like, they're, they are planning something here. And they usually time those episodes out purposefully to then have announcements. So Interesting. When is oh, it? In that, fits in the, that weird blank area we have. You know? September 9th, I think. It's that oh. weekend. Oh, um, that's fascinating. So there is a rights issue with Universal that has prevented them from making Hulk movies in the past. Uh, I don't know if that's cleared up or if they have reached some kind of agreement where they can make these movies and not lose their lunch. Um, but that would be hot. A World War Hulk arc for the MCU is something that I could really get behind. A Planet Hulk movie, a legit Planet Hulk movie. And yeah, then a that, World War Hulk follow-up, I am all about it. But... uh I think we get casting, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm, actually, How many Stranger Things uh, 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 people are going to be in this movie? <laughs> Isn't that what everyone's fan casting? Is it really? Huh. Yeah. The, the guy who plays um, uh, the brother in the second season, or the last season. The guy who plays the brother. The brother of who? I know there's a lot of brothers. Of uh, the ginger girl. There Shit, are I'm not a lot forgetting, of brothers. I'm forgetting. Wait, the, the ginger girl? Names. Isn't he an asshole? Yeah, he's an asshole. He's an asshole well, in the movie. In the he's show, always flirting yeah. with the moms, yeah. Oh, Who would he play? Do oh, Do Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Doc yeah. Gray Montgomery or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dakin or something like that, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, Jason in the, the Power Rangers reboot. Yes, yes. People are always oh. fan casting him as uh, Johnny, Johnny Storm realize that ah. hey that's not bad that's not bad hey, danny devito the as nose. the thing no come on i just looked it up matt shackman did the nightman cometh episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia so this guy has my full support going forward <laughs> i think d23 is going to be huge and i think we i think i think it's it's the event to look towards it's, i guess next week will be our predictions yeah 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 uh, I'm, gonna, up, right? I'm gonna be sick <laughs> hey, uh, hey predictions kale will be uh lukewarm to all the reveals what are, if they're not talking about ducktales i'm not interested they might be there's an animation panel kev has oh, said right. I'll, be, I'll be there kev has said we damn well better get the casting announcement yeah i think i think it's time and if I think you, it's time. If you saw my TikTok, guys, um, they, we might be getting a Wolverine announcement soon, possibly. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm sniffing some X-Men uh, news coming up pretty soon. In fact, hmm. so the only two movies we don't know the cast of, really, are, or at least like the principal characters of, are... Um, Fantastic Four and um, and Thunderbolts, not principal characters, but principal cast, like the main the main people. 
I would hmm. say maybe Blade too, because I can't I just be Marshall. Well, we but like he's the marquee guy. We know who's playing sure. him. I don't care who's playing, you know, Deacon Frost. You don't, Mephisto. No. <laughs> that would it'd be cool if you told me Mephisto was going to be in a Blade movie. I would say, why isn't he in Doctor Strange? But yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> We, we, we're probably getting like I, I bet we probably get more information about Loki too, because uh, we haven't because uh, Quantum Mania is going to come out and that's going to have Kang, so we must have some more Kang somewhere. Well, we'll, we'll save that for the predictions. We'll, right, we'll, right. we'll get into that. Um, what we're going to end this show with, though, is our conversation about the most underutilized characters in comics. I feel like everybody has a few characters that they that suck a little maybe, but they really love them and they stand for that character. The way that Marco is about Swamp Thing, that's what I'm talking about. Rep it. Are you wearing that shirt again? Yo, I have, dude. I have I have multiple versions of it. Oh <laughs> come on guys, ease up. You don't, you don't have multiple white versions of it. Yeah, I do. I have two of these, and then I have uh, one in white of the other one, and one in black of the other one. Produce it. You want me to get it? <laughs> yep. I guess you right now. This is this is not. Have it. Have it. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Marco's gonna change his shirt, and we'll see if it's the same shirt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not just change it. I want to see the other one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have it. I have it. You want a side by side. Yes, exactly. Right. So we will we will be right back for those of you watching on Twitch. Thank you for sticking around. Hello again. We are back. Hello again. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for continuing to watch. Uh, if you are still here, we appreciate it. If you leave us a like, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a like, leave us a follow, rating, a review, wherever you're listening, there's a way to... Uh, you know, show that support over on Twitch. We would appreciate that subscription. Uh, you can do that with your Amazon Prime, just like I did right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey. shit. Is that a glass Coke? Why are you so shocked about that? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Because they're really good. <laughs> yeah, it's a Mexican it's a, Coke. Yeah, it's a good shit. Mm, this is what I make my uh, rum and Cokes with. Did you say oh. Mexican Coke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got some of that? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm coming to you off, off mic, off mic. <laughs> so before we get into the main topic, Marco has to produce that he has two of the same shirt. Let's see it. Ready? Two this Swamp is, Things. This is the Saturday shirt. <clears throat> this was the Thursday shirt. <laughs> 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 All right. This is my obviously my other shirt, and then this uh-huh. one I don't. This one I don't wear as much because it's my favorite cover. I don't wear it as much because it's my favorite. Space well, then, space. Then it starts to it starts to like wear out a lot. Mm. Like, Ooh, I have it, a Swamp Thing shirt here. Hold on. Oh, what nasty thing is he about to produce? Yeah, right. Swamp Ass shirt. And this is mine right here. This is <laughs> boo, boo, hiss, hiss. Tyler, you know the meme, maybe you guys would know it too, of Sting pulling his mask off and he has another mask under? Yes. Yep. 
I really wish, Marco, that you would have put both oh, shirts on. Oh, that's such a good idea. I didn't <laughs> even think about it. You're right. Yeah, I wish I had thought of it sooner. Uh, all right. Enough about Swamp Thing. Let's talk about uh, underutilized characters, not shitty characters. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to get a rise out of Marco. He's not reacting. God, oh, I've seen. I saw some of the ones Marco mentioned, so I might agree with you, Sean. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the premise. This is about characters that we love who we feel like don't get used enough, whether that means that they're not around or their appearances aren't too important. These are the characters that we think Marvel or DC don't utilize enough in comics um, who should get more play. They don't have to be heroes. They don't have to be villains. They don't even have to have powers. I don't care what kind of character it is. If you feel like they're underutilized, that's fair game. Um, I also want to ask, and we'll get to this. This isn't the immediate topic. But I also want to ask whether or not we feel like the big two shuffle the deck enough. So, you know, every now and then you got to kind of like bring someone down the card a little bit, bring somebody else up just to keep things fresh. Uh, like they recently brought Black Cat uh, with, over the last few years into a more prominent position at Marvel. That's just one example I can think of off the top of my head. Um, do we think they do that enough? And then I also want to close with a conversation about which characters we would strap the rocket to and build around for some kind of long-term storytelling thing, whether it leads to an event or whatever it is, something along those lines, who would you choose? So for, we'll start with what characters would you call out as being underutilized? So I guess I'll throw throw one of mine out here um, okay and, and again i'll throw one that's a little more high profile on here so let me i'm just gonna throw it on the, on the screen as well um i think tigra from marvel comics is uh super underutilized didn't she just uh, marry tony stark you see that's that's the issue you're thinking of hellcat mm. oh whoops wrong cat. You're, only, you're only proving my Pat point now patsy walker hellcat Wrong you got thing. it. Uh, so I'll throw uh, I'll throw Tiger on the screen there. Um, yeah, I think uh, Tiger should, should get her due. Uh, she's a super fun character. She's a, an Avenger staple, but has always been like C tier Avenger. And I think mm. especially with how prominent in media cat girls are, like now is the chance <laughs> for Tiger's <laughs> That's... like big time to come. She just showed up as a main a main side character in the uh, Rescue Rangers movie. Um. So, uh, hmm. there's some there's some want for her out there. I, that's should a weird they, sentence to say out loud, huh? Should they hire manga inspired artists oh, to do cool. a Tiger mini? Yes. Uh, I mean, they tried that. Uh, written by Greg Pak, because apparently that's all Marvel knows how to do uh, oh. for their for their Asian heroes and the all the the manga adjacent heroes that they did. Yeah. Um, I'd be into that. I always thought of uh, Tiger as more of like. An American thing yeah. of just well, you mentioned Cat Girl. Yeah, well, oh, hmm. that's what Iron Cat is for. That's another thing that's going on right now. But mm -hmm. yeah. 
So I'm throwing Tigra out there as an option. Okay. That's I think that's that that definitely fits the uh criteria. Um I had originally shared King Shark. Now I know he got a movie because he's uh Well, uh, okay. Yeah. He was he was in Suicide Squad. Um I think there was also uh I'm fretting where, but in some other I think in one of the CW shows, but I think in the comics, doesn't get the same kind of flash. love. Yeah, in the Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't get the same kind of love because there's this one particular arc for Aquaman. It's uh, by Kurt Busiek, and in it, it makes King Shark an actual king of like another kingdom. And so it's uh, the, the, the characters utilized more as an antagonist from like a royalty perspective. And like, how do you deal with the politics of the shark nation? And like, at the end of the day, they, they end up fighting and stuff. But there's there's different ways that you could show the depth of these characters. And that was one of them that I thought was really interesting. That um, I wish they would just do more. And and using King Shark as like this brutish villain, I think is usually the easy way to go. But when you can add some kind of complexity to the character. And you add you therein add stakes, and you add in stakes for Arthur and how it all shakes out in the the larger Atlantis. So that's something I wish would get used. That character would get used more because we always get uh, was it Ocean Master? You always get fucking Black Manta. I'm I'm tired of these guys. So you want King Fair. Shark back as a more prominent, serious Aquaman side character? Okay. Yep. Yep. So I have one that is a hot take and will probably get you guys angry. Um, Gene Gray. Yeah, right? Yes. Oh, no. fuck out of here. No, no, no. No one's <laughs> had me there, actually. <laughs> Miles Morales. Mm. What? Okay, oh. let's go. I think that Marvel Comics has dropped the ball with Miles Morales. I agree with that. They tried to make him a main character in Civil War II. Mm-hmm. That book didn't work. I don't want to say that what they tried to do with Miles didn't work, but just the whole totality of that book didn't work. And it feels like ever since Bendis left Marvel, the enthusiasm behind Miles left with him. They haven't really given him that A-list, top-tier creative team yet. He's a ghost in AXC Judgment Day, and I know he's not a part of any of those teams, but I feel like for him to not be a part of this or really any of the major events that Marvel has done uh, is a shame, and I think that he is underutilized. Yeah, I agree with that. I think about that a lot, actually. I really do. I think um, I don't I, like I I like him as Spider Man, you know, as like I don't know uh, against Peter Parker. Like I think it still makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I just think they've yeah he's just been gone, and I think with oh. with the popularity of the character, like it doesn't make sense. And there's no active champions book going on either. You know, like Miles is a great POV young Avengers character, I feel. You know what I mean? Like throw him on a big team and he could be that young guy that's on the team. 
think about how perfect it would have been to have an issue, a tie-in issue of AXE, one of the ones that they announced that we talked about earlier, focused on Miles. Him being judged, you know, him as this young character who's like, whoa, I didn't ask for any of this. This is nuts. Now I'm being judged. Where does he fall into that? I feel like they're just they're doing nothing with him, but you guys get it. Um, Kale, did you have a pick? Yeah, uh, mine is basically the whole JSA. <laughs> um, specifically, uh, Johnny Thunder and Jakeem Thunder. Um, so they're two characters that they're they don't have powers, but they have a genie who is basically uh, like Mr. Mixel Spitalik and the Batmite. He's like a fifth dimension imp or some shit. And uh, Johnny Thunder is the Golden Age character that hung out with the Thunderbolt. That's the genie. And then he uh, merged with the Thunderbolt. Now Jakeem Thunder is the keeper of the Thunderbolt. And uh, I think it'd just be really cool to see them again because he was a popular character uh, at some point. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think I think there's a lot of potential for like cool social commentary there. What would a young black man do with a genie? Hmm. Uh, isn't that just sh- Kazam? <laughs> You want... <laughs> what would a young black man oh, do no, with that was reverse. That was a, a black man genie. That was different. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. The JSA are getting... Jeff Johns is doing the thing coming up soon, right? So yep. hopefully you yep. will get what you're asking for. I doubt he it, did yeah. show up on promotional art, so... Yeah. Give that. Yeah. Yo, speaking of JSA, give me fucking Wildcat, bro. Really? We're going to do this? You think Wildcat is underutilized? A thousand yeah, percent. I think so, yeah. What, I agree. Yeah, what, dog. What, what should he be doing? He should have his own title on just like like training Black Canary or like training superheroes. Like he, he's just mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. a pick of the, of the week hero and... You're coming into my gym, and we're gonna box, and we're gonna talk some shit out like that. We could, I fuck you with could, it. you could do an anthology series about how, uh, fucking every hero comes in and thinks they're tougher than Wildcat, and oh. he shows them up. Yeah, like that would be a tremendous series. He whips Batman's ass, dude. Like, all right, Kale, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's almost like a character that's been around for seventy years has legs. Seventy of them, yeah, he's, probably he's longer than that. <laughs> Been around. All right, I'll allow it. Um, anyone else got any uh, any ones they want to highlight? Yeah, so I have two more. I'll throw one of them out there right now. But uh, one of them is uh, Sideways from DC Comics. How did I know? Sideways. I love Sideways. So Sideways was. Uh, do you guys remember what the, that publishing line was was called? Uh, back when they they introduced uh, like no, there was like the Terrifics. No. There was all mm-hmm. these like new 
the Forgotten Ones, I think was another one. A whole bunch of new DC characters they were introduced. But um, this one was um, introduced by, oh, man. Let me look this up. Dan Didio? Justin uh, Jordan? Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to find his creators here. Wow, Justin Jordan. Uh, oh, Kenneth Rock- Rockefort. Yeah, it was Dan Didio and Kenneth Rockefort. Um, the Dark and surprisingly, Matter line? Yeah, the Dark Matter line. Yep. Um, surprisingly, Didio wrote a great, just a young character in the DC universe. So this whole thing is like, um, this is after the Dark Knight's Metal thing, where he kind of got affected by some of the metal that was in Dark Knight's Metal, and he got these powers where he can pretty much pull um, portals in time and space, and he could jump through them. Um, and at one point, he accidentally rips a guy's arm off because he closes a portal with him there, and he's like, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> uh, what the fuck did I just do? Um, it's, it's really good. It was like, it felt like a, a Spider-Man in the DC universe that I never really felt before. And Rokafort's mm-hmm. art was uh, very, very fun for what it was. Um, and like the fact that his powers come from like this temporal judge that was very Kirby-esque, and he didn't know like that's what it was dealing with. Um, he's underrated. He kind of shows up in the background of things, but uh, I think he's a fun teen character. There's a lot of teen characters that have come up through the years who have just remained in their own books and never gotten further that I think are great. I had Trauma from Avengers Academy on my list, too, uh, who is Nightmare's son. Um, there's uh, those teen characters in general. would be, be great. Speaking of teen characters, I think that Marvel underutilizes the new mutants, the new X-Men. Well, the new X-Men. Um, the... the Like Rockslide? The... Yeah, the the Christopher Yost and um, who was his writing partner? Uh, it's Yost and uh, shoot, I can't. Why can I not remember this? Uh, but they they were the ones that took over the new X Men title after um, yeah after Whedon or Whedon uh, Morrison rather, and it's phenomenal. It has Surge. Who's one of my favorite characters? It's got Rock Slide, um, so many of uh, Sage, I think, not Sage, uh, Elixir rather. Um, it's got Hell. Hellions in it. It's got so many awesome characters. Uh, it's a phenomenal run. And I grew up when I when those characters were kids. I was a kid, so when I first bought that, I was like sixteen, seventeen, and they were you know around that age. And I thought it was so cool. I'd grow up with them. I didn't realize how comics work. I didn't know that they were going to stay that same age the whole time and not become the new, like, X-Men. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like, to take the main stage. So I would love to see that happen. Was Laura part of that team, too? I'm seeing from this image. Yeah. It's like a Buffalo image, yeah. Yeah. uh, I want to say that they're the ones that really kind of brought her into the fold. Um, So Craig Kyle... And Christopher Yost are mm-hmm. who I'm thinking yep. of. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would say those characters. I want. Um, I, I really appreciated the young animal line for bringing back a lot of different and wacky characters um, beyond Doom Patrol uh, and Cave Carson. But one of my favorite books was Shade the Changing Girl, and that was that's a character that I think is rife for just out there writing um, really creative art. And uh, the Cecil Castellucci, um, Marley Zarcone, that, that young animal run, I think was really, really good. And I wish they did a lot more. I wish they had the room to do a lot more because um, 
frankly just like bonkers it's uh, a visual feast and i think the the kind of ideas about identity and what it means to be a person and how you can how, how that's so flexible is really interesting hmm. i like that let's let's get into the next phase of this conversation do you guys think that the big two do a good enough job of putting different characters in positions to shine and be visible um, and get to do interesting things? Or do you feel like it's kind of like mostly the same people all the time and rarely does anybody else come up? Mm, I, I think that, frankly, I wish we had more one-off characters, like one-off stories to build off like a one-off villain or a one-off, I don't know, uh, sidekick. Because that's how you end up getting and diversifying the cast. Mm. Uh, so it, it, it helps you prevent the need to have to cycle through a lot of characters and gives you gives you breathing room for, um, I don't know, like you want to see the Joker come back, but is it not much more satisfying after like a few months or years at that point to be able to see the next big Joker return? Uh, and... Um, to answer your question, I think they do do a bit of just, I'm thinking of Batman, right? Like you, you see the same cast a lot of the time. Um, like, And he has a large cast, which I think is advantageous to making it feel different. But for some smaller characters like, uh, like Swamp Thing, like we read, right? Like you guys know who, uh, what's his face was, uh, not the Cedar. Um, Oh my god, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Woodrow? The Wood guy. Yes, Woodrow, Woodrow. right? Like, he's he's the only one that you have familiarity with from what we've read with Swamp Thing. But he's also the one that consistently comes back. And, like, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of Arcane. Like, I want <laughs> I want some variety there. And like, yeah, they're big villains. But uh, I'd like something new. I'd like something that feels fresh for the character. And I, I wish we'd gotten some more of that and i appreciate at least what rom did with the parliament of gears and you know some of the, those new villains even if i wasn't over the moon for them hmm. yeah i don't necessarily think it's enough you know i i think of like um you know in the 80s there were how many different incarnations of the justice league you know that had a ton of weird characters and like batman was the minority you know, like Justice League International, where it was Shazam and Guy Gardner and uh, uh, Martian Manhunter and Black Canary and Gnort. Um, but also, like, I mean, even today, like, what is it, Ghost Rider and Black Panther are Avengers. Mm -hmm. But they're still flanked by Captain America and Iron Man and Thor. I still I think actually... enough. Please. I was going to say, in terms of the current Avengers lineup, there's some weird ones on there. Uh, uh, like Gorilla Man is a major character in it. Brew uh, from Jason Aaron's X-Men run is a, one of the main side characters. Uh, uh, Blade is an Avenger. You know, um, This is the most awkward of, like main Avengers team I think I've ever seen. The only Star thing Brand, that, yeah. like in my time of reading comics, the only thing that touches it is... Uh, 
what Hickman did. Like that main Avenger scene yeah. was pretty out there. Um, and and some would say it's not working too. So, uh, I would say it's less about the characters, but uh, be that as it may. Uh, Tyler, what's your what are your thoughts on that? Um. Sorry, I started thinking about Swamp Thing a lot when, Mike, when Marco was talking about it. Uh, what was what was the main question? <laughs> the question we're we're tackling right now is: Do you think the big two does enough to shuffle oh. the deck? Uh, no, because it because their their comics are just a reflection of their uh, non comics media IP. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers going forward will always have Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Yeah, um, at least one of them, probably all three. Is that a bad um, thing? Uh, personally for me, yeah. Yeah. Until, until the, the, the non-comics media can reflect something else. Like, like my Avengers is like new Avengers or, or, um, mighty Avengers. Like that's the kind uh, of Avengers. Tyler, those characters are there. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about like it being a weird lineup without like, I'm thinking like Luke Cage being a member. I'm thinking of like Wonder Man being a little more prominent. Um, but Cap was wasn't. There. Yeah, but, like, I don't even think he really, like, like, what I remember from those books is not that. I remember, like, Doctor Strange being part. I remember, like, Iron Fist. Like, those are, the, those are like, the keystones for me. Um, I remember Daredevil saying no to, <laughs> to joining the Avengers. Yeah. You know? Um, that's the kind of, like, like stuff I like. And in terms of, like, uh, like, Justice League, I'm thinking of, like, Morrison's Justice League uh, mm. would have weird additions. A fucking angel. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you remember the angel's name? I totally forgot his name. Um, Zariel. Yeah, something like that. He just shows up like in the first two issues or something like that. Yeah. Um, I like when the teams get a little wacky. Um, and at that point, sure, put another adjective in front of the the, the team name. You know, make it a secret Avengers, make it a a JLI or something. That's fine with me. But like in my personal preference, I like when you can play like this is a team of characters in this universe have some fun with it. Mm. Um, but I just don't, I don't think we're ever going to have like a super wacky team ever again, because it'll always have the core members there. Like Captain Marvel's another one. I think she'll always be an Avenger going forward. I just have to challenge that. Cause I don't know when there was ever a time when that wasn't the case. Like one of them wasn't. Yeah. Like well, when was that? The, when was wasn't that? the whole thing of Bendis's like re reforming the Avengers? Cause he killed them all or killed Avengers and Avengers Disassembled. And I Bro. guess maybe that's the modern status quo now, you know? Bro, come on. Iron Man and, and Cap started the new Avengers. Luke Cage became the leader later. But and, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's when it was good. That's when I liked but it. They, but they were Cap still there. Dead. They Cap were on dead. the team. Tell me one time the, the core Avengers team did not have one of the big three. And I will concede. Uh, Mighty Avengers with Dan Slott. Wait a second. Wasn't <laughs> Tony Stark on? Was Tony no, Stark and Captain believe, Marvel on that team? I believe that was when Hank Pym led it. It was the Mighty Avengers? I believe. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking because I don't know. Oh, shoot. I tried to go to Amazon. They said, nah. Fuck you. The... So, so you're saying, Tyler? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the team, the team layout was Vision, Stature, Hercules, Hank Pym, U.S. Agent, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. 
Okay, fair, but still not the core Avengers book. It was the mighty Avengers. That, I feel like it that's... was not the Avengers. Was no, but I think that's a technicality. Uh, no, it's not. No, that's I, no. It, that's no, bullshit. Don't even no, 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 try no, that. No, no, no. Adjectiveless Avengers is Avengers. There's no. There's no oh, world that's, that's that you can make that argument. Erasure. That's West Coast erasure at that. Point. No, adjectiveless Avengers is the Avengers. Anything other than that is an offshoot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to count offshoot at the same footing as the Avengers. Of course not. Wasn't wasn't Bendis's original team when they started? Wasn't that the new Avengers? Yes, but that was a very deliberate and specific relaunch. But adjectiveless. But that's an, but that's an adjective Avengers. Yeah, and it had Cap America, Cap Thor, and well, Iron that's Man. That's an offshoot. Okay, no, Thor wasn't there. Okay, what's your no, point? No, <laughs> but, but he's trying to say that it has to be an adjectiveless Avengers that doesn't have one that, of that. I'm the, talking about the the primary Avengers book. Okay, the primary one has always had that some combination of those three people. I don't know enough. I concede. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Marco, you're gonna have to concede on that one. I don't care enough. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, looking this up. You guys keep talking. I'm so, ignorant. Kayla's apathy. So for me, I think um, it happens in spurts for the big two. Yeah. Uh, I think they, I think they fall in love with shaking things up, and then that's when you get like a really weird team of Avengers or weird team of the Justice League. And even if you get beyond that, just characters that are prominent who otherwise weren't. Um, And that's always fun. You know, Tyler referencing Luke Cage, not just being a leader of the Avengers, but being a character who mattered in Marvel, whose storyline was at the forefront of Marvel. And that's what excites me is when that shifts and changes um i think about all new all different all new um all those different iterations that they did even though you still had cap thor iron man and all that good stuff found it was they were uh not steve rogers tony and uh and thor odin's son from 1990 to 94 the avengers team was (laughs) Black Widow as the leader, Crystal, Cersei, Black Knight, Hercules, and the Vision. Wow, that is wild. That's a team. That's, That's four a years. Justice League International team. <laughs> and then it led into Heroes Reborn, and then we got the Avengers back, and it was a thing. So. All right, well, there you go. I see why Marvel was on the verge of collapse. Um, Damn. <laughs> Iron Man, Captain Thor, we're on trading cards. So, which characters do you think which it could be just one whatever you want to do do you think if you were in control if you had all the if you had all the cards who would you thrust into the pole position of their respective universe and say and again they don't have to be a hero um i want to build a story or an event around this character i think this character should have that uh spotlight The spirit. What universe? What? He has his own universe. Uh, 
Well, yeah, he is. It's, it's his own universe. Well, no, but it's part of the. I think it's like in Dynamite now. Uh, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Damn. you don't. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, and I don't know why this this keeps popping up in my head, and I'm not sure which one I would pick, but Nova is what keeps jumping to me. Mm. Whether we go Sam Alexander, who I have a real soft spot in my heart for, or yeah. good old Dick Ryder himself. <laughs> um, I think Nova is one of those characters where, like, uh, uh, as, as, as uh, Matt Murphy would say, it's very toyetic. Like, I feel like that costume is just, like, you can merchandise the shit out of that character, I feel. I think it's a relatively clean slate in terms of mm. non-comics media as well. Never really been touched. Um, he's got tie-ins to Cosmic, you know, and tie-ins to just plain old New Warrior shit, you know? Mm. Um, so he's kind of got his foot in both worlds, and I think it's, uh, and his power set, not fully defined either. So there's a lot of room for malleability going there. Mm. And hell, fuck it. Put the helmet on a new person if you want to. Make a female Nova. Although I think there was another one at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a Herald of Galactus, right? It was one of them. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. Nova's a good one. As like, this, as like the central point of either the DC or Marvel universe. Uh yeah, like so. like a a central point. Like it, I guess it doesn't have to be like Nova Land, but like, you know, a major fixture within, you know, the the, the ongoing story. Arcade. No. So no, so like in in uh the the mystical side of the DC universe is always something that's been more fascinating to me with stuff like swamp thing constantine I, i've i've always wondered about like a demon-led event or story that happens in hell and there are repercussions with lucifer and like uh the phantom stranger comes in like there are these larger concepts that have to duke it out for some reason in hell and i i've always i've always liked uh the demon as being someone like that because you can also start to introduce that mystic dark side with the sword and sorcery end of something like an amethyst uh or like merlin and stuff like that so like those concepts fighting against each other would be cool Hmm. i like that you redeemed yourself yes go (laughs) i know shit about comics spirit you know shit <laughs> about comics yeah yeah, yeah. marco marco screamed out spirit the same way joe biden screamed out soda in that one uh <laughs> spirit you know <laughs> kale i am pretty torn i think i could go a couple of ways mm. all dc and there's just nothing i can do about that um Be, so I want to say, initially, I want to say, like, the Spectre. Ooh. For a similar reason to Marco, actually. And Marco's pitch was actually better than mine. Um, I think I want to lean it more on the JSA, though. Mm. In, in general, I think I want to see them. So I, I think it's um, maybe Brad Meltzer. And his run on, it may be Identity Crisis, it may be his run on Green Arrow. But he says something to the effect of, uh, the Justice League teaches you how to fight, but the Justice Society is where you 
become part of a family, something to, on those lines. And I think there could be a really good uh, sort of DC community event that could like deeper the connection of the hero community as well as really test the core justice society okay i could see that they have uh there's a they used to do a, a jla jsa thanksgiving special and there's a book called uh, virtue and vice that's all about that and it's like the the seven deadly sins that are on the uh, the rock of eternity get released uh and it's similar to that but i guess on a bigger scale okay i like that uh i'm not i'm pretty good at this <laughs> maybe i'm better than i think almost like a profession or something or something <laughs> Gotta go with Jean Grey, guys. Bah. Right, I'm in the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, my actual answer is Kang. So what? yeah, we're talking. Comics. What do you mean? I, I, what do you I mean? Can, what? I can agree with this. I thought it had to be like a about to say what? No, 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 no Okay. Like, uh, what? Uh, he had a, he had a, he had a Mac, uh, Maxi series? A Maxi series, yeah, like mm -hmm. a few, few months ago. And what happened? Uh, I didn't read it. I don't know. Right. So <laughs> He popped up in. He was he one of the big bads in the 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 event that we read. Uh, mm, which one was that? Um, timeless. Oh, my God. Timeless. Uncanny Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That wasn't an event. That was a run. Yeah, he, all right, even worse. He was there. He was a, he was a part of like an actual storyline. Okay. Mark, Mark right. you need help? <laughs> I don't know anything. Ta tag else. me in. Tag me in. I'm tagging in. Uh, he Tyler. was in Timeless. Timeless last year, which is going to be introducing. Yeah. Marco, can you shut the hell up? <laughs> what are you saying, Tyler? He, he was in that Timeless one shot. That was like their uh, point one. He was the, the starring character of that last uh, December or so. Right. So, so the, the, the idea here is to strap the rocket to them, right? And to build something around them. Jetpack. So that one shot or whatever that was is not what I'm talking about. Kang is a character who deserves an event. And he's an event-level villain. Kang's about to be, you know, having his own movie. Likely the villain of the, you know, last or the, this phase and the next two. The fact that Kang hasn't had an event unto himself um at least in a very very long time the kang dynasty i guess uh you could consider that even though that was within the pages of avengers i'm talking about a universe spanning event that puts him as the cent at the center as the villain as what i believe him to be the true ultimate enemy of marvel that's what i want to see of marvel yeah 
to what they're going to be doing in the movies. Yeah, absolutely. And not because of the movies, because Thanos got that treatment, but Thanos was that type of villain already because, you know, Infinity uh, Infinity War and all that, or uh, Infinity Gauntlet. So you want Kang to go back to his former glory that he had back in like, the Busiek era of Avengers and stuff. Right. I, since I started reading comics, the only time that uh, Kang was the big bad in like a major way was Uncanny Avengers. And again, that was not an event. So I would that's what I would like to see. I would like to see him in that prominent position, you know, A-list villain that the Avengers have to deal with or that Marvel has to deal with. Given that Hickman event. I yeah. The Kang event would be fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I like Kang, so I'm 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 down. I'm down for that. Yeah. Who doesn't like Kang? That's funny. You you said Gene, and I went. I started to object, and I went. No, actually, a Gene-led event might not be that bad. And then I went, <laughs> wait, wait, Phoenix, I'm out. When Gene came back. Um, I had fantasized for years about what that would be like. Gross. I, creepy, creepy. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. yeah. Get it all out. I just heard something hit the bottom of your desk just there, Sean. Please, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> uh, I thought that exploring what, like, how she feels about what she went through would have been interesting and uh, fighting against, you know, her legacy, kind of trying to redeem herself. Um, I hate the fact that they never really dealt with that. Like, mm. it was kind of hand-wavy, uh, the Rosenberg stuff, and then she was just back. Yeah, it was yeah, X-Men Red, right. and that was that. Yeah, it felt like um, they already knew what their larger plans were, so it's like, all right, let's just get there. <laughs> yeah, know? I didn't love it. Um, and they never got, they never did her right. But I wouldn't choose that for this, because I know I'd never get to explain my point, because you guys would dog me out. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Come on. No, that's it. I want to entertain it. No, that's it. Okay, let's that's hear it. it. I want to entertain it. Week. See you nope. next week. It's we're two and a half, half hours in. Tyler said right. he was going to cut the stream when I said Jean Grey's name. We're not doing it. All right, but listen, I'm putting my foot down. You'll never speak of it again. Never again on this show. This is yeah, your that, chance to sell it ocean, or There's don't. an ocean between that foot, so I don't know if that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Sean will. It's too, too, too. Uh, it's not a. I'm, it's an I'm in, foot. I'm invoking my right as a shareholder. <laughs> okay, you get Kale. it now. You get it now, or you don't. So here's what I'm going to say to that. I'm cool with that, and I'll never bring it up again, because maybe I'll write it one day. Damn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you guys feel are underrated? Under not underrated. Sorry, Me. that's not the that's not the gimmick. Um, <laughs> underutilized characters in DC and Marvel comics specifically. This is a comics podcast, okay? Mm. Not a content same, same. podcast. Ooh. Fuck you, MCU reactionaries on TikTok. <laughs> or fuck us who did three weeks in a row of DC main topic. <laughs> DC film main topic. 
Sorry, guys. Um, so I, need you, I need you to post some TikToks holding up uh, your, 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 just the, the Apple iPhone mic doing some uh, commentary. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the comings and goings of WB Discovery? Rather not. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, let us know what characters you guys think are underutilized. Obviously, everyone has their picks, so please share them with us. Do you guys think that our picks were did they fit the did they fit the criteria? Does is is Kang does Kang qualify, or should we go with Marco's idea of the spirit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the spirit in particular. <laughs> can we get that on the can we get that on the uh the uh sound box there tyler oh uh, yeah i'm gonna have to put it on there yeah yeah that's me whenever <laughs> i come back from a break because i always have a soda so it's i love it uh there are plenty of ways for you guys to get us anything you want to share with us any thoughts uh you can do that Wherever it is you listen, there's a comment section. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can leave us a comment on youtube.com slash thecomicspals. While you are there, like the video, share it with your friends. Subscribe. All that is free to do and helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Patreon.com slash thecomicspals is where, for as little as $3 a month, you can support your pals. And you get some really cool stuff out of the deal. So head on over there and check us out. Um, that's all we ask is a shot. Um, join our Discord server. Come hang out with us there. We're always having a great time. It's a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, on the Patreon, real quick, uh, we put up our latest poll there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we got the the Halloween theme, the spooky themed poll uh, for the book club this month. So uh, it is nail biter. Uh, that was uh, Marco's pick. Mine. It's razor blades. That's Kale's pick and blackest night. Tyler's pick. So head on over there and vote for which one you want us to do a book club on. And then in October, you'll be able to listen to it. So that's a pretty cool deal. Also, for Pals Pulls, we are officially going to have a listener pick every week. One of the four books we do, or five, however it shakes out, will be a listener pick. So if you want to suggest your book, Leave us a comment with that suggestion. We're going to tally them up, see what books, see what book wins out, and that's the one we're going to do. Quick rule, it has to be a single issue. You can't say, oh, shoot, uh, the omnibus for Batman No Man's Land just came out. Why don't you guys guys go read that? Yeah. The answer is no. But a, a one singular issue, yes. One other addendum, and I mean this in the most lovingly, lovingly way possible. Don't be saying read, read my issue. You know what I mean? Like, like I wanted something that's in like previews or something, just so that everyone could have access to that's readily available. You know? Okay. All right. Unless, unless it came unless. out that week, we could just dog them out. It, it has to have come out that <laughs> week. We're, yeah. we're not going to read anything that didn't come out that week. But if you are the creator yourself, take the chance. We're going to give it an honest review. Yeah. So. Like like the somebody who hopped on the two people, uh, two people who hopped on and uh, somebody Same that percent. asked us to rate their title, Psionic yeah. Six. That shit was hot. You know, you what? remembered it. Was, it. Was good. You remembered. Well, wow, I can't believe you remember that, dude. I, honestly, I was like, that fucks, dude. That's a cool ass title. <laughs> wow, nice. Um, let's get into the plugs, Kale. <coughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Caught me off guard. Plug this COVID. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> what, what is it, 2020? <laughs> Thank uh, you. Sometimes I think it is. Sorry. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Comics Pals. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at Kaleord.com. That's C A L E W A R D.com. Hopefully, with more to come. Oh. Is that we know there. about? You know about it. Okay. All right. Cool. Is you DC can see on the it. horn? You can, you can see it too if you look real close. Oh, yep. Uh huh. Oh, I think so. My eyes aren't that good. Um, <laughs> but congratulations. Thank you. Marco. You can find me at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Come talk to me about Brotherhood, Full Metal Alchemist. I am currently in a mm. watch of that. I've never seen it. I've only seen the original series. And by golly, is it different? And is it really good? Um, yeah, I've so heard. Come, come talk to me about that. I think it's uh, has been a lot of fun. Tyler. Uh, you can follow me at the Tyler Olson on Instagram and Twitter. Um, talk to me about how we almost ended racism back in like 2007 uh, when uh, Linkin Park and Jay-Z came out with Collision Course. Man, we were so close there. Of course. We were so close. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, I don't think we were there quite yet. So I was listening to it yesterday. That, that shit's still fucking... That's some good shit. I'm just imagining all the uh, Kingdom Hearts FMV videos with that on the background. Like, <laughs> great shit. You want to know when we got closest to ending racism, Tyler? When? When we had a funeral for the N-word. When did that happen? <laughs> I didn't get the invite. That, that happened in, what was it, like 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. Who called the funeral? White person? <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like some white people yeah, shit. If it, was, if it was a white person funeral, it was a boring ass funeral too. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll stop being racist, but we're gonna do it our way. <laughs> we're gonna bury it here. Um, <laughs> as for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, only at on Soapbox. I am taking this moment to create a new segment called Pal of the Week. Pal of the Week is the person who had the best takes. And uh, why well, just feel like picking? Oh, easy me, right? No, spirit. Um, you said the spirit. That was, that was <laughs> correct. But I redeemed myself. Yeah, but Kale never needed redemption, so Kale wins. Pal collusion. Pal points. What collusion between collusion. me and Kale? I think so. It's, an, it's a genuine I've, thought. Collusion. Uh, listen, I, I'm so I'm as surprised as anybody about this. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to thank? Uh, thank. Uh, let's see. I guess I'll thank Jean Grey. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, Ke- uh Tigra, che- the cheetah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sean, you ever listen to Jean Grey, the uh, the the rapper? Yes, I have. Yes, she's good. Absolutely, she's real yep. good. Yeah, one of the best. Very under. Uh, under, underutilized, underrated. underrated. Yep, there, you there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Westworld and Better Call Saul just ended, which means that pretty much the time of good shows for the year is over, and I'm bummed about it. Yo, so, uh, watch Mister <laughs> Mister. Did you see that? They both went. Hold on, <laughs> Sean. This, Mr. <laughs> both TV fellas coming at you. Hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> it's on. It's on Hulu. 
It's called yeah. Mister In Between. It's a uh, it's a black comedy like crime drama. Mm. Oh, um, okay. And it's uh, it's about like an Australian like fixer. Oh. Um. Good. It's when you say black comedy, you mean like dark comedy, dark, right? Dark, like dark, dark humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like like Tyler Perry. No, 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 no. <laughs> like dark humor. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's in Medea. You didn't know that <laughs> Tyler Perry tries on an Australian accent. I bet it's happened. I was going to say when I in the in the break when I used the bathroom, I had a bathroom thought. Uh, Bob Odenkirk for Victor Von Doom. Didn't we say that? Yeah, that we did. Yeah, we? I was just I trying to remember. Said, I feel like that came better, up last. Better week. call Doom. Did we make a better call Doom joke there? That no, wasn't didn't said. Do that. That's yeah, good. that's yeah. new. Did we? He's, we must he's, have he's said. Free now. He's free now. Is all I'm saying. We must have said Odenkirk for Xavier or something. It was Doom. Uh, I, think. I think it was. I think it was Xavier. Now you're saying it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. No. Was Mag- Magneto. It was Magneto. No. It was Magneto, the other guy, as Xavier. You that's guys are talking about Gust- uh, Gustavo. Um... Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, that's what it was. You should have let him go. Stop it. <laughs> Gustavo <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> What's funny is his Breaking Bad character is called. His name is Gustavo Frank. So. That's what I was thinking of. That's what it and was. I knew you were going to do that, and that's why I wanted it to happen. But. Damn it! <laughs> that's why Tyler didn't win Pal of the Week. See, he kept trying to fix it. I'm Marco's Pal of the Week. Oh, saving okay. him from 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 himself. Wait, you're just telling him that? <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm t- I'm taking it for myself. All right, fair enough. We'll see who wins Pal of the Week next time here on the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next week, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye.